Well, hello, people of Defender House, and welcome back to another one of mine and Jameson's annual top 10 lists. This is year seven we've been doing this. Yeah. Year seven. The last of the generation. Yeah, next year there should be PS5 and whatever Xbox 780. And the Xbox 2, baby. <laughs> there might be some of those games on the, on the rotor. There's going to be a very exciting 2020 ahead of us. But before we even start thinking about 2020, how was 2019 overall? Man, I can't wait for 2020. It's going to be so exciting. Uh, huh? 2019? <laughs> what? Yeah. Did 2019 even happen? <laughs> it did. Uh, so I want to... Yeah, it did. I do have... I wanna... <sighs> okay. I feel like okay. every year we say this year was bad, and then by the end of the video, we're like, oh, wait, this year was actually good. But I think this year is a little more on the bad side, Yeah, I actually don't think overall the year was too bad. When I look at my list no, I of agree. 10 to 15 games, yeah. I'm like, hey, these games are pretty good. But I think 2019 had a lot of disappointments, a lot of games we were excited about, a lot of games that we played and were expecting more from. Like, I'm not going to read it out, but I actually made a list of every... What's it called here? A list of every game in 2019 that were below expectations. And mm. there is, I think, 20 games on this list. <laughs> so That sounds about right. Should we announce the future idea that we are going to be oh, doing? Oh, yeah. It's happening 100%. So we're not going to do it back to back. And obviously, you'll be hearing this first. But after this, I think we're going to do our first ever top 10 worst games of the year. Or top 10 most disappointing games. Something along that. Because... 2019, more than any year since we've been doing this, has just had a lot of letdowns. Yeah. A lot of things that I were... Not even... You gone. Not even games that I was, like, excited for, but, like... I mean, there were games that I was excited Delighted. for that turned out bad. Yeah. <clears throat> for sure. But there were also just, like, games that just were like, oh, that was that. Okay, next. And or some of them were just some of them. Oh. Bad, but there were, yeah, there were some bad... There were some stinkers yeah. this year. And, I mean, every year has some stinkers, but, like... You and I roughly put together some lists, a list last night of bad games, and there was like, there was more than 10. Yes. There was more than 10. I, I actually did uh, have a lot of disappointments, obviously, because we're saving it for an actual uh, talk. I won't go into them. But man, um, overall, it didn't ruin the year because uh, as we come out on the other side, reflecting on it, there was, there's enough stuff to make a top 10. So that's good. I mean, yeah. the positive one, top 10 best of the year. Uh, There's also enough to make a top 10 but worse, unfortunately, though, so. there is, and it's the uh, first time we've done yeah, that. Yeah, and hopefully the last. Hopefully, yes. Because we obviously don't want to focus would, on negativity, so. but uh, we have some feelings of 2019 games, and sometimes it's nice to let it out, you know? Yep. That would be, uh, be an aggressive one. I would say for me, more than anything, 2019 was a year of forget, like forgettable. Mm. Every, games were forgettable for me this year. Like, there was... There were obviously a few very good ones. Yeah. And then there were obviously a few very bad ones. But then there was just this huge swath of games for me that were just, um, that were pretty good, mm -hmm. that I enjoyed. And I played through pretty quickly and it was like, oh, that was a, I had a good time playing that. And then like a day later, I was done and I forgot about them and moved on and never thought about them ever again. And yeah. for me, like what putting together a top 10 list, it's about, games that stick in my mind for mm -hmm. a long period of time uh which usually means they're good sometimes it means they're 
strange or bad or you know some mix of things but for the most part it means they're really good and yeah just there was probably like a dozen games this year that I would look at and be like oh that was that was good and yeah. I remember nothing about it you know um, I've noticed that on my list a lot of the highest entries don't want to give away too much but a lot of the highest entries are games that uh, I didn't expect to like like or I didn't even know existed going into sure. 2019 and all the games I was excited for Oh, I mean, a lot of them are on the other list, so... Yep. It was just a I weird mean, we had, year. Yeah. And going at the end of this video last year, best of 2018, we were pretty excited for the first half of 2019. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, like, we had that exciting day in, I think, uh, the second or third week of February, which was the, like, Game Apocalypse Day that had... Uh, Anthem, Metro, Crackdown, and Far Cry all coming <laughs> out on the same day. I forgot about Crackdown again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was making the other list, I forgot about Crackdown and Far I Cry. Didn't. I forgot there was. A... I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot there was a Far Cry. Fuck. That was out. this year. Oh um, my god! I got to change my list. And I mean, on paper, like, a l it was a year where on paper all the games were, in theory, they could have been good. You know, like on mm -hmm. paper. That day of Anthem, Crackdown, Metro, and Far Cry. I almost forgot it. Mm -hmm. um, that would have been a fun day. If all those games had been at the very least decent, yeah. it would have been like, wow, this is this is so dumb. Turns out, uh, except for one, they were all uh, pretty terrible. Yeah. Uh, and that just sort of... I wouldn't say it kept up throughout the year, but there were a lot of games that were just kind of like, mm. I don't know about this one. And, and, and to be quite honest... Um, I struggled to get my last two games on the list. Like I struggled mm. to come up with 10 games from this year that, that I like and, <laughs> and okay. to give a slight preview, I failed. Oh, Oh, to f I failed to come up with 10 games from this year to put on my list. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I will just so, say, you know, before we go in, um, you know, this is our lists. We are not yeah. ranking, in case it's your first time listening to one of these, these aren't, in our opinions, the objective best games of 2019. It's There's no our such thing anyways. <laughs> best games. And also our lists. So exactly. I, I think I'm a bit more of stickler for the rules, just because I really like having this list to look back on and be like, oh, oh yeah. these are the new things I played in 2019. But I don't give a shit like if you put remasters, remakes, you know. Yeah. Certain games that have just come out on PC. Like, I don't give a shit. If you want to put, like, Red Dead 2 on PC on the list, then I think that's completely fine. It's your list. You do what you want. Yeah. It's always been a list of games that you played in twenty in the year yeah. that you liked. And by and large, that means games that, you know, were out this year. But in sometimes it doesn't. And we've put DLC on our lists before, each of us. And yeah. uh, Oh, yeah, but, yeah. And that's fine. Yeah, Moon Crash or Blood and Wine for me from The Witcher. and I'm a, I'm a bit more yeah. of a purist, I think. Because <clears throat> otherwise... I, I uh, try to be. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, gaming just, uh, you know, it makes it hard sometimes. Yeah. I would rather put a game on my list that I feel strongly about that isn't from this year than, like, bend and be like, well, I guess... I guess I'll put this on the list because I guess it came out this year, you know. Oh, boy. Uh, so. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what was the thing you want to do before we head in? Like, really? Oh, yeah. Were there any changes that you would have made to your list from last year? Because there have been instances in the past where grievous errors were made. Yes. Uh, 
I don't think there were any made last year. Not not oh, profound. The, the um, list is but so were good. Were there any for you? Um, I would have put Celeste higher now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Celeste is at number seven for my 2018 mm. list. And I think that's when I'd only just kind of dabbled in a few chapters. And yeah. now uh, I am on the seasides of Celeste. And I've got like every single cassette tape and I almost 100% of the game. Except for that evil new DLC chapter. Which oh, that DLC. That DLC was part of the year of disappointment for me, honestly. Uh, yeah, I don't know why he had to go so insane. I, I, like, I it was too difficult. It. People are asking for it. But, but, but I feel like there was a sub-community of people doing the, like, the Mario Kaizo things where you could download ultra-hard things for Celeste, yeah. like D-sides that people were custom making. So I feel like that niche audience was... Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Almost two-year-old game. <laughs> I would have put Celeste probably above Spider-Man at number five. That's good. I think, I think it was at number five or six for me, mm-hmm. which, I mean, I had played the whole thing by then. But yeah, I was glad... You got into it mainly this year and really, I think, started to appreciate oh, it more this year, which so is good. good because Celeste is a very good video game. Mm-hmm. Um, is that it? That's the only one? Yeah, that's it for me. Still feel okay about Red Dead at number one and God of War at number two? I mean, it was a tough, that was a tough one. That still um, hurts, I think. I do. I, I do, do too. I do. Yeah. I think Red Dead is incredible, but God of War is also... It's so good. <sighs> God of War is so good. Yeah, that was a that was a fun, tough year for number one and yeah. two. Those uh, like you could switch those depending on your mood. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only change I would make to my list uh, would be my number ten slot, which is a largely a meaningless slot. I, I put was, Battlefield yeah, Five Battlefield. there, which I was. I think at the time of that recording, totally makes sense because we had played a few sessions of it. Um as a group and had a great great time with it and i think battlefield 5 feels very good it's mm-hmm. extremely fun to play uh it's just that after like that week we played you know a few more times and then never touched bf5 again and if it had so been at supported the time, differently would it have stayed on the yeah probably mm. probably if it had been like normal battlefield support where they put out like three to five maps every couple months every yeah. like four months I probably would have stuck with it, but instead they've put out like four maps in the last year <laughs> and their support has just been really slow for it. And that game just sort of yeah. went away really quickly, which is tragic, I think, because it's it's simple, but like it was really it felt so good. But whatever um, in high. So in lieu of that, I would have switched it uh, to my number 11, which was Tetris Effect, because I have I mean, I didn't really mm-hmm. play much of that this year, but it is Tetris Effect is like. It's it's wonderful. Really, it's really damn good. And I d- I did boot it up the other night and played more of it. And I was like, ah, yes, Tetris, you're you're good. Have you played it in uh, a PSVR? Yeah, it doesn't do much for me in VR, oh, honestly. I <clears throat> it just it looks so good on the OLED, like you get oh yeah, 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 super crisp visual. And then you go into PSVR and it's like, you know, maybe 1080p, and you're like, oh, this doesn't look as good. Hmm. Uh, but that's fine. It's and, and you know VR is just eh, VR is just not very comfortable. <laughs> yes, especially when you have to wear glasses in it. Uh, it's it's just it's it's just not very good. Um, yeah. I was gonna say I think it's sort of indicative of the year that for me I have been thinking more about 2018 or 2017 games as the year comes to an end than I have yeah. been 2019 <laughs> yeah. games. We we're talking yeah. about replaying Horizon. You know, I was I'm a I'm like 
waffling back and forth between replaying Red Dead and or God of War. I'm thinking uh, about Breath of the like, Wild. And like I booted up Tetris Effect the other night, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like I, I was doing that a year ago. Um, and this year I'm just sort of like, ooh, yeah. So anyways. Anyways. We should keep it positive because there are like eight or nine good games <laughs> from this year. <laughs> I have ten. Ten good ones. Yeah, and I think I, I'm glad that we do it this way because I think your list will have better games on it. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I don't know. There, like, I, in, I, I presume there will be like one or two that aren't on my list that I, I oh, hope yeah. are on you yours know. because I feel like they need to be, you yeah. know, uh, if that makes sense. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Is it time? I think it's time. And I think, what did I say? You go first, right? Yeah, because I'm I did, going I first. first and as usual, we don't know each other's lists. Uh, oh, yes. We start at number 10. We work our way to number one. We alternate back and forth. Joe's going first. I'll go next. And uh, yeah, and we'll see how long it is. Last year was under two hours, which was... What? One hour, 59 minutes. How do we manage that? I really don't know. Right, so this will be... Oh, and as usual, we have... Um, we have talked about a lot of these games throughout the year. Right. Uh, and we can reference those podcast chats, which are very extensive, uh, when necessary. Mm-hmm. That will yeah. help. Yeah. All right. Okay. My number 10. <sighs> okay. So my number 10, I wish my number 10 was a little bit higher. Mm. My number 10 is Metro Exodus. So... We did the chat quite a while ago now, and I really enjoyed the Metro series. And I came away really liking Metro Exodus. But I think the thing that soured me a little bit on my time with Metro Exodus, and I seem to remember me being a little bit more negative on it than you were. Yeah, yeah, you were. I really connected with the first area, the train Mm -hmm. yard. I thought the train yard was one of the best design levels across the whole of 2019. I thought that level was brilliant. Like the physicality of having to get that train carriage and it almost being like this weird environmental puzzle where you're like taking over different outpost type places and opening gates to move this carriage all the way back to your train. And the moments in between that, I thought it was brilliant. And I just didn't connect with the sand area next, even though it had probably the best visuals in the entire game. The area looked amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. This game actually had some of the best visuals of 2019. The forest area oh, yeah. also looked really good. Oh, yeah. But, like, the sand area to me just felt a little bit like a Ubisoft game where you're just kind of plodding between question marks and then there's a finale. And then the forest was a little bit more linear. It was pretty linear. And then yeah. I just didn't really like the ending of the game. And I also felt like the game needed more inside stuff. Like, they did try to implement some of the traditional underground metro stuff. And I just like that part of the game the most, those parts of the games. I really like the underground stuff. and I mean, it makes sense because that's what I know and love from the series. And yeah. the balance seemed to tip towards kind of plodding around the open world, which looked good. And yeah, I did like Metro. I, I hope so. Like it's Metro. on your top 10 list. <laughs> I know. It's like you said, the bottom of this list is a bit... I really, yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed Metro Exodus. I just was a bit sour on the format and kind sure. of wanted a bit more, especially since the beginning started so strong for me. Uh, but I will be with this franchise until it's gone. I absolutely love what these guys do. It's unique. It's weird. It's uh, 
immersive. Scary. Immersive. Immersive. Yeah. Creepy. It mixes like oh, horror. Yeah. It has a uh, character. I love the Baron in the uh, sand area. It's a great mm. franchise. I just feel like this one uh, set up my expectations and just missed them a bit. Because I feel like I wish this game was a bit higher. That's all I want to say about that. But sure. Yeah, we yeah. have a detailed chat uh, back in, I guess, like March or February. I can't remember when this came out. Yeah, I think that was February. So if you want more detailed uh, opinions. Yeah, I, I actually looked at that. We chatted for over an hour about Metro Damn. Uh, when we, we talked about it. So, yeah, there's a long chat there. Yeah, I like I liked Metro Exodus more than you for sure. It definitely <laughs> worked more for me. Uh, and it was it was uh, it was a good time. Yes. In a year of uh, not so good times. <laughs> <laughs> I hope there is another Metro Exodus format wise. I hope I'm back on the train uh, and I just hope uh, it comes together more for me or maybe my expectations will be in a better place. I don't know. I, like yeah, I think I would like to see them try the, uh, the the sort of large area format again. Yeah. Uh, because I think they can learn a lot from their first one. And they have said they're, they are making another Metro game. Excellent. Um, who knows what form that'll take. I actually thought there was there was enough for me of the, uh, the underground stuff because the first two games were all underground almost entirely. Yeah. And actually, my favorite parts of the first two games were when you went outside. <laughs> okay, um, fair. And, uh, but I liked the, the some of the... The underground stuff in the in Exodus, uh, like the sequence in the desert where you go into the spider layer. Yes, and it's, that, that was maybe that my favorite part, part of the entire game. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. And then the ending sequence where you're in the like tunnels underground, I thought that those were yeah. quite spooky with all the corpses everywhere. And uh, you should you should probably play the DLC. I mean, it, it is. I didn't like it, but it's it's very much Metro Tunnels. Mm, okay. Uh, I don't know. I didn't think it was very good, but that's okay. They are doing another, um, they're doing a big open, they're doing a DLC at some point in the new year that has, that is a new open area. Ooh, um, that, that is interesting. Where you play as the American guy in your squad going okay. into some part of Russia. <laughs> I don't know where Russia's big. Uh, <laughs> it is very big. Sh- it should be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I can see why uh, wanting it to be higher, that makes, I can understand that. Yeah. I have that. Uh, I will say something similar soon. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Number 10 is the slot that is, it's just a bastard a, a lot of the time. <laughs> a lot of the time, ideally, it's a bastard because you're like, man, there's like four games. And I'm like, which one do I, oh, do I want this one? Yeah. Number 10 or this one? It was the exact opposite for me this year. I was oh. like, I was like man, do I really want to put this game in my number 10 list? Is this what we're falling back to? <laughs> I, have to put, I have to put I have to put this on my list. <laughs> okay. And I, I actually had, and I, what it ended up, ended up doing was deciding to not put a game from 2018. Fuck, what year is it? <laughs> I just decided to not put a game from 2019 on the list as a, as a sign of protest for, for, the, for the quality of the year. Wow. And so at number 10... One of 2015's great games, mm-hmm. Bloodborne. What? <laughs> Bloodborne, all right. You may have forgotten. Yes, no, I remember. Yeah, 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 go on. But after playing some Sekiro yeah. and not loving it, but getting sort of into that from software mindset, I went back to Bloodborne. And I had never beaten Bloodborne. Wow, you renegade. And and um 20, yeah well you know gaming game. industry you needs to get their shit together um, done this. i went back to bloodborne after having not completed it 
almost four years to the day, in fact. I picked it back up since I had stopped playing it. And uh, played like three sessions of it for about 90 minutes each. And each session I killed two bosses that I hadn't killed before. Oh, nice. And I ended up beating that game, which was very exciting. The, That's um, your first from Victory, right? From Software Victory. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Very nice. Uh, you know, I used Invasions for a couple of them because why not? They're Whatever. F- I, like, I like them. Yeah. Uh, I beat German all on my own, though. It took me like 90 minutes. Yeah, he's a good boss. And it was... It was very, it's, when you get into the groove in that game, it's like, especially with him as well, because it's just such a, an open field 1v1, it's really like a nice dance yeah. uh, with him. Did you get and, the moon uh, presence? Oh, oh, I sure did. I spanked that boss. Three right. minutes, first try, no problem. Yeah, he's uh, um, not very good, but he looks push, cool. He's a pushover. He does look cool, yeah. And then, sort of to my surprise, so that was a, that was a, oh, fuck. Second, let me mute my phone. That was a huge, triumphant victory, I would say. Yeah. Um, being able to, it's amazing to me that I can go back to that game. It speaks a lot to how much it, it does work for me because melee combat, by and large, is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Especially for even from software, I, like I do not like the Dark Souls gameplay. Yeah. But putting on putting booting back Bloodborne, even though it's thirty FPS, ten eighty P, I haven't played it for four years. It's like, it was just like immediate. I was like, oh yes, the axe. I remember the combos for it. I remember the timing for it. It was just like putting on an old pair of boots and you're like, oh shit, these still fit perfectly. <laughs> uh, um, and then sort of, so like that was a good, that was a good time. I, I, and that was a huge moment of the year for me. It was beating Bloodborne. I was like, fuck yes. Amazing. All right. But to my surprise, I went and started New Game Plus and played like 70% of that game in New Game Plus. Ooh. And then um, started the DLC as well and played like a few hours of the DLC and defeated Ludwig, um, which is a great boss fight as well. Is he the and mangled guy with the sword in his mouth? With the, with the Moonlight Broadsword, yeah. yes. Um, his design is and amazing. I ended, yeah, yeah. He's really good. And I ended up playing like probably like 20, 25 hours of Bloodborne that, this spring. I mean, which I Bloodborne's just didn't... an amazing game. Yeah. And I, it was on my list in 2015. I feel and, like uh, there is, you know, if there's any, like, purist listeners out there, Bloodborne's a game where you can get away with this. It's so beloved. Well, yeah. I don't think you're going to get any complaints. My other option that I was going to put on this list was another game I played this year that I will talk about at the end when we do honorable mentions, but it was <clears> not, it was also not from this year. Mm-hmm. I literally couldn't think of a game from this year to put on my list for number Ooh. 10. Well, that's not true. You I, there was had a one worse option. 2019 than me, I think. Yeah. But yeah, Bloodborne provided uh, great, tremendous moments, and it was exciting to go back to it four <laughs> years later okay. and beat it and have a great time with it. Uh, yeah. And I, did, I would never have guessed I would have played 25 hours of Bloodborne this year. And yeah, fuck you, Bloodborne. <laughs> Fine. It's fine, dude. It's fine. Fuck you, 2019. Yeah. You suck. Bloodborne is the one game I'm... It's one of the games I'm most sour about that it's kind of being left to just... Not rot, but like, yeah. just just give it a 4K PS4 oh. Pro treatment, you bastards. How dare you it leave looks... Bloodborne to age? I can't it believe looks it. It so good in 4K. It is weird because, like, it sold well and people love that game. It's one of the, like, it's got to be the one of the highest grossing and one of the highest rated PS4 exclusives. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just yeah. patch it, you fools. What are you doing? 
Like, I, don't, I hate to say it, but I have definitely become a little bit of a frame rate snob. I do That's find 30 frames pretty difficult now I've been playing on, like, 144 for most of the, the past well, two especially years. Well, especially because you played, like, the last couple of From games on PC as well, yeah, right? Yeah, like Dark Souls like 3 and Sekiro. Dark Souls 3 yeah. and Sekiro and then Bloodborne 30. I did try as well, I actually. When you mentioned yeah. it, I went back and I was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know about this. Like, come on. Bloodborne is great, and the axe is the only good weapon in that game. You're all wrong about your your stupid little trick weapons with your pretty, you know, Ludwig Holy Blade and your Kirk hammers. I think you're in the majority, hammers. mate. I think everyone likes the axe the most. The axe rips. The axe does uh, rip. All right. All right. That's my middle finger to the year. You told the year. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, 2019. <laughs> so my number nine. Uh, this is probably going to be a bit of a wild card. You definitely mm. didn't see this one coming, I'll tell you that. Because we actually did talk about this game very briefly in our podcast. And I was like, I like it. And you were like, eh, I like it too. But then the more I played of this game, the more I was like, I really like this game. Mm. Uh, my number nine is a game that people might not have even heard of. And it's called Manifold Garden. Oh, good. Great. Oh my god. I really like Manifold Garden. I do too. And I feel like no one is talking about it. And maybe it's because it's released in a weird way, which is the Epic Game Store and Apple, what's their gaming shit? Apple Arcade, Apple yeah. Apple Arcade. Like, yeah. that. to be fair, that's a niche uh, place to find a game. But, wow. Uh, out of nowhere, you just messaged me on Discord <laughs> saying that this thing is pretty cool. Uh, so... I'm sure people are seeing the visuals on the screen. Just to very quickly summarize it. We don't usually summarize the games, but this one's a little bit out there. I would say Manifold is a, a trippy architectural gravity puzzle game with mm-hmm. like yep. looping dimension visuals and mind-bending block-based puzzle things. <laughs> yeah, this all checks out. That's, yeah. that's the best I got. Yeah, But I think Manifold was one of the visually, one of the most visually interesting games of the entire year. The seamless, like, dimension copy and pasting that they managed to pull off just creates these amazing looping visuals with not that much effort. I think one of my favorite visuals of the entire game was just a staircase. But when it's copied and pasted infinitely, like up and down, left and right, it just creates this incredible symmetry that goes on forever and makes you feel tiny, and it's an incredibly effective visual effect. And when we did our podcast, I think we were both in agreement that the puzzle solving felt a little bit like we were blagging it and making it up as we were going along. Mm -hmm. But I actually ended up enjoying the second half of the game more because they introduced a couple more elements into the puzzle solving. And I actually finally felt like I clicked with the logic of the puzzle solving. I didn't feel like I was just making up. I felt like I really knew what I was doing. And it just made me think in a different, you know, logical puzzle way than any game has ever made me think. And that's You ended stuff... up beating it, right? Yes, yeah. Okay, good. And that yeah. stuff just really sticks with me. And this year was kind of weak when it comes to puzzle games. And I'm a huge fan of the puzzle genre. Like, there was a potential game. Uh, people might be thinking of Baba Is You. Ugh. But I just found Baba Is You was too focused on, like, the block puzzle aspect and not on the word configurations, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And Manifold Garden was just a focused visual spectacle with clever 
puzzle mechanics. It's not flawless. There's definitely some puzzles that are better than others. Uh, but it's just the neatest looking and most interesting puzzle game of the year. And I like the genre, so it's on my list at number nine. Cool. I'm glad it's on your list because I agree. It is, it is, it's great. The only reason yeah. it's not on my list is I just sort of fell off of it and haven't finished it yet, actually. I just, I thought the first 90 minutes was exceptional. Yeah. Um, and then everything after the water stuff, they never really introduced anything new. Um, and there maybe was a I, new thing later. I'm not, I might have, I might have even seen it. I'm not sure. Um, there's actually got, one part, it's a minor spoiler, but there's one part where they, they add a floor, like an actual floor, and it really fucks everything up. Like you have to change the way your brain works because you can't do the falling loop thing. Oh yeah. I think I and might've seen some of that. So I'm not sure. So you one side, so you can, anyway, you go. Um, yeah, I just sort of, I, I, I didn't find any of the, like, I played another hour probably after those first night. It's only like a three hour game anyways. Yeah. Um, and those first 90 minutes, I just thought were incredible. And then after that, it was just sort of, it didn't, I was expecting it to do like a couple more things that were as mm. amazing as the water. And it just never did that for me, but I still liked it. And I should, I have been meaning to go back and finish it because I, I, it's a really cool game. It's really yeah. fucking cool. And the first 90 minutes, the part where you get non-Euclidean fluid, I think the achievement is called non-Euclidean fluid dynamics. That was <laughs> one of the great, like, mind-blowing, like, oh, yes. this game's very good moments yeah. of the year uh, where you're just like, how am I supposed to get the water? And then you're like, oh, no, you sneaky buggers. You're not going to. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to. And it's the water's flowing through fucking illogical hallways. And uh, yes. yeah, great, 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 great game. And I'm very happy uh, that I discovered it i guess like yeah, i i would never like you're right i never heard anyone talking about it and mm -hmm. uh i'm glad i'm glad it's on your list that was one of the couple well, that was like one of two maybe three games that i was like it's not on my list but i really hope it's on his list and uh hey, that's good nice. that makes me happy yeah recommended for any puzzle fans who maybe haven't heard of it because it was quite a year for puzzle games it was it was a very quiet year which is sort <laughs> of a shame um I love puzzle and it's it's always nice when you get one or two indie games that just sort of come out of nowhere and are, like, really awesome. Yeah. Uh, and this one was one of those. It was. Great. Good job. Good number nine. Thanks, man. Be before I said my number ten, I accidentally had my worst games of the list open, and I was looking down, <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? What, what, did I, what was I doing last night? And then I realized was I drunk it was last my... night? <laughs> man, that pizza really got to me. <laughs> All right, number nine is, uh, like you said about Metro, I will say this about this game. <sighs> I really wish it could have been higher on my list. Oh. My number nine is Super Mario Maker 2. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, so um, I'm interested to talk about this because I don't think we really had a podcast chat about Mario Maker 2 except for, I gave my I, opinions I on it. Remember. We didn't really yeah. talk about if it like connected with you or why it didn't connect with you that much yeah well it obviously did to some degree um <laughs> mario maker is a great series now i guess you can call it um the first game was i think number five on my list in 2015 when it came out i believe god i don't even remember that uh on the old wii u rest in peace um <laughs> uh, mario maker 2 when they announced it i was so excited yeah 
because Mario Maker 1 is an incredible game that was on a dead console, and I had gotten rid of the Wii U years ago and haven't been able to play it since, and the idea of it coming to the Switch was extremely exciting. And the announcement of that game was extremely exciting because they, on paper, like, they put out all the new stuff in that trailer, and it was like, there's a campaign, you can play with friends, they've got the 3D world, or 3D whatever, the, you know, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think it's called, yeah, yeah. 3D world, and they've got all these new objects, and and it's coming to Switch, and I was like, oh, this is perfect. Though I was concerned that uh, no stylus was going to make it hard to build. And then it came out, and turns out actually the building, I think, is fantastic on the touchscreen, mm-hmm. and it works perfectly with your fingers. Yeah. Um, it's really slick. I, I actually think I prefer the building on in 2 compared to 1. Just be, I don't know, the button combos... It's got to be the same, the, really. Finger and stylus is almost identical. It's, it's almost identical, but I think the button shortcuts are slightly better in 2, okay. um, from what I remember. Anyways. But then what's disappointing about Mario Maker 2, there's a few things, but like the campaign was a drag. I was Ugh, hoping yeah. like those levels are neat, but they're not mm, interesting. Okay. They're like kind of interesting like idea givers to new mm. people. But what I was hoping when they said campaign, I thought it was going to be sort of like uh like the dreams tutorials, you know, where they're like build a bridge for Connie and and right. you can build any sort of bridge, right? And I was I, that's what I want from a Mario Maker campaign is like complete this level however you want. Um oh, that would like, like that's what bridge. Yeah, like Poly Bridge. Like that's what I thought Ooh, it was going to be. Instead it's just that. a bunch of fucking boring levels. <laughs> yeah, they really um, are boring. And that they locked stuff behind it. I mean, it was classic Mario Maker. Oh, and the verse long as well. It is I only played like 20% of it maybe um, and then the verses and online stuff just sounds like a, a try. I've never even tried it because it just sounds like such a mess um, it is messy it's not as messy as when it was first released you do okay. well, definitely still get pretty bad lag yeah but it that's, isn't that sucks that consistent the, the problem is is it's almost always like a little bit off like, you know right. when you try and play a game through the Elgato capture? Yes. <laughs> That's how it feels at all times. That's not ideal for a platformer. <laughs> no. And actually, there is, there's like one in 20 or maybe even less than that matches where you actually get one which feels like local. And oh, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. dream. And it's almost a, a tease to get those matches because you're like, oh my God, this feels so good and it's so fun. And then the next match, you're back to, you know, rubber, well, not rubber banding, but just... I have never seen a game lag so much in my entire life. Super Mario Maker 2 is the laggiest game when it wants to be that I've ever seen. It's really like, confusing too because like it's 2D Mario, right? Like yeah. it can't be that complicated. The game almost looks like it's frozen in time sometimes. <laughs> it's bizarre. That sucks. Um, yeah. Fucking Nintendo and then, and online stuff. Yeah. So like those two aspects are disappointing. And then I think... I don't know if it's on your list. You don't. You won't say. Um, but like, hmm, I think yeah. another aspect that is disappointing is their like complete lack of support for it. I of course say that literally the day after they put out a massive patch. But that was yeah. the first time in like five months that they put something out for you it. Can you can definitely know? argue it was a bit too late for <clears throat> a lot of people. They should have. Yeah, they should have been putting new stuff into it. Like they supported the first game quite well. And mm-hmm. they sh- and they cut stuff from the first game that didn't make it into two that they should be adding back to it. Um, yeah. And I wish we had stuck with it more as a group. I th- like you and I still. I mean, we obviously haven't played much. I stuck last- with it. 
I have two. Like I, I uploaded Lasted. a level like three weeks ago. Um, okay. The reason, anyways, this is a whole bunch of donkey on Mario. Um, Mario Maker <laughs> is still a joy. Um, yeah. And the thing that I love most about it is actually making levels for myself because I don't have a lot of experience yes. with Mario, yeah. and I love the process of a simple idea where it's like, like my favorite, probably my favorite level that I built was the spin jumping level because I was like, I don't understand what spin jumping is. I have no idea mm-hmm. how it works. I don't even know how to do it. And then I was like, I'm going to build a hard spin jumping level for myself and I'm going to get good at it. And I'm going to figure out all these jumps and I'm going to build it and build it and think it through. And then I'm going to spend, you know, like 90 minutes trying to beat it and have a great, and that's, it's such a unique, strange pleasure to me of, of being able to just poke at these levels, learn the mechanics and be able to build a level for myself. And I, I, it was that's all I did really in the first game. And that's all I've really done for this. And it's still extremely satisfying to do. Mm-hmm. The building oh, yeah. is still the best in the business. The platforming is still second best to Celeste. Um, <laughs> yeah. And the new stuff they've added are great. Like the, the on off switches are, are excellent. Um, mm. The expanded, you know, adding 3d world is cool. And then I, we also had the, the the fun of actually sending levels back to each other. I had yeah. the pleasure of building a level the day it came out and having watching someone play my level in person the day the game came out with Ben. Yeah, cool. Which was a hoot. It was a riot. Um, I've never had it before. And then you and I were sending levels back to each other. I played your shitty levels with that fucking turtle that just like spent two hours trying to get past that turtle because I'm so bad at Mario. Oh, yeah, my first level was mean. All right, I was new. Yeah, but it was fun. Like, and yeah. I had a great. I, I like the thing is with Mario, it's disappointed because of all these things that like I didn't engage with or the lack of support. But like, I never actually had much. I never really had even a bad time with Mario Maker because I was yeah. just playing. The nice thing is you can just sort of do what you want with Mario Maker, which is nice. I I yeah. almost never play levels. I play your levels, and I like streaming levels and watching people play levels but i like just building stuff and and it's still a joy um i just i do wish i could have put it up at like you know number five or something um yeah yeah yeah. but i didn't and that's okay and i the nice thing is it's on the switch and i can boot it up whenever i want to like once every month or two i'll boot it up and mess around with it and and i may only play build something for like 20 minutes and then be like all right i've had my fill and i'll come back to this in six more weeks or something but uh, yeah i look forward to going back to it the Zelda edition seems pretty cool and yes. varied, and I look forward yeah. to uh, giving that a go, probably in December sometime. Yeah. So Mario Maker 2 is is great. It's good. It's quite good. It's it's not as much of a revelation as 1, of course. Be- mm-hmm. I mean, it was never going to be. Um, parts of it are, are pretty disappointing, but as a whole, and the, th- the time I spent with it was extremely positive. So Cool. That's my number nine. All right. Alright. I got nothing to say about Mario Maker 2. My number eight. <laughs> <laughs> huh, weird. Huh. My number eight. Uh this is the game we actually talked about recently. My number Uh-oh. eight is Disco Elysium. Hmm. Disco Elysium, um, I remember seeing it quite a while ago and not being that impressed by what I was seeing. Yeah. Uh and it kind of came out of nowhere and people were saying it was good. And it is good. <laughs> Disco Elysium is a really, I want to say comfy. 
even though the tone of Disco Elysium is really grimy, filthy, depressing, sometimes yeah. violent, and it's weird that I spent long stretches in this game because the world itself is just so dirty and un uninviting and cruel. But there's something about, I don't know, a lot of games are very intensive and involved, and it's nice to be able to literally play a game with the mouse. And that's it, you're just clicking around, interacting with people. Uh, people didn't hear about Disco Elysium. It's basically a role-playing detective game. And I think that about covers it, really, when it comes to describing what the game is. Extremely dialogue-heavy, no combat. It's like uh, Divinity without anything except for the dialogue. And the dialogue, and when the voice acting is in it, I think it's really top tier. And it came after we had just tried Outer Worlds, which I Ugh. didn't really connect with. Yum. Because I thought it was a little bit bland, and I didn't yeah. think the role-playing stuff in it was good. And it was kind of the perfect game to follow that up. Because you do make a lot of choices in Disco Elysium. To the point where you can choose what thoughts and ideas your character conceptualizes. Cannot pronounce that word. Conceptualizes. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> but you can control everything in this game. The way your character thinks, obviously, what he says and does. And I really enjoyed the world and characters. And I also think that this game has one of my favorite endings of the year. Obviously, we will not go into that. Mm -hmm. But it might have been... I think it still would have made the list. But I reckon it could have been 9 or 10 pretty easily. If the ending hadn't been so like fantastical, silly, uh, dark, and great. Yeah. And it really tied together the character stuff for me. Like the last two hours of that game, uh, I thought we were exceptional. For an I ending. agree, yeah. Yeah, the last few hours, it really w comes together and rolls really well. Great setup and payoffs as well for the ending. Like really small things get mentioned. Like, oh, that's where that bullet came from. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Some really cool like, stuff in that game. I like how you sort of forget about one of those big things as well. And then, mm -hmm. you know, depending on how you've played, you might not even see it. But ugh, it's great. Yeah. The ending of that game is great. I love the fucking boat ride to the island with the... Oh, man. Yeah. Uh... uh yeah, I, love, I really like the visuals. I like the music. Uh, I obviously have a few complaints. You know, there's a, a time structure in the game similar to like, I was going to say Persona, but it's closer to like Shenmue, where depending on how you play or what you find, you might have some time where you're just kind of wandering around and not finding anything new. And I feel like certain parts of the game could have opened up a little bit earlier. Uh, and it's also a bit lore heavy on a world which I have no context for. So sometimes there's info dumps on wars uh, with species and races I've never even heard of. So it might as well be like someone reading me something from Star Trek or uh, Warhammer. It's like, I, I don't have context for this. This makes no sense to me. But apart from that, that kind of summarizes it. There's a lot of walking, a lot of talking, and the dialogue writing characters are all fantastic. And that is 90% of the game. And I also think it just came in a good time for my mood. I yeah. was in a little bit of a game burnout, I want to say, like these last couple of weeks where I just didn't really feel like playing anything. And Disco was the one thing that broke through that, maybe because it's so uh, chilled when it comes to actually like, you know, what you input and what you play. I found it very easy going. And I played like 18 hours of the game in like two days <laughs> when I was <laughs> I, over. Yeah. I did play, there were some late sessions with that game. Uh, the last like five hours that. of that game was just it kept me up. I couldn't put. I was like, I can't. I can't put it down now. That would be silly. Yeah, I think the second half of the game is better than the first half. I think the first half, it kind of like loads you up with fifty tasks in your notebook, 
and it feels like you're not really getting anywhere or getting anything done. Uh, but when you really get a grip on the map, uh, what people's different uh, threads are and what they're after, uh, there's a good snowball effect in the second half of that game where things really start to come together. And yeah, really enjoy Disco Elysium. Something new. I'm a bit biased when it comes to things that are different for me. I like finding things I haven't really played before. So uh, yeah, Disco Elysium. It's a good game. If you like cool. RPGs, role-playing, and stories, uh, I would definitely recommend it. Um, so that was your number eight. So number my number eight. eight now. All right. My number eight uh, was your number 10? Yes. Metro Exodus. Nice. Yeah. I you know don't have much else to say. I It's about where I was expecting it to be. It, the last couple... I, Metro Last Light was on my list when that came out, and it was, you know, number seven or something. Um, yeah. I really like the Metro games. I like Metro Exodus a lot. I, I think the whole game worked for me, even though I do <laughs> agree that the first area is the best. Um, and the second area is the second best, and the third area is the third best. You know, it sort of like yeah. decreases in quality. But I, I, yeah, I had a great time through it all, all the way through and had a very, like I said, the whole game just, it worked for me. I thought the ending stuff worked for me. Um, it was, uh, it was pretty much as good as I was hoping it was going to be. I, I didn't hmm. expect it to blow my mind. It was also, you know, it's a it's a known quantity, by and large, I would say. Um, yeah, it looks amazing. The game, yeah. the gunplay felt really good. They improved that quite it a bit, did. actually. It did, yeah. And um, it was probably, it, it gave me the spookiest moments of the year as well. There, it, it oh, really? Well, I mean, uh, there, there, I, there were like no spooky moments this year. I mean... There wasn't many horror games, no. RE2 is a horror game, but, like, that game's not scary. Um, uh, Yeah, like, a couple of those moments, I mean, not even the uh, claustrophobic interiors. Like, I went to that, um, like, satellite area north of where you park the train in the desert, and it was at night. And I think there was a a sandstorm outside, and and I had my night vision goggles on going into this building and those fucking mutants are in there and they are horrifying in night vision because their eyes glow like animals and yeah. it was like playing the end of wreck uh it was a nightmare <laughs> it was a nightmare yeah the game that was is kind of scary actually I, I forgot about that that sequence that experience that encounter was the scariest game experience of the year for me and it and it was like an emergent experience in a way right where it was like yeah. i could have gone here during the day and it would have been like oh mutants but because it was night because the sandstorm had just hit and I was actually seeking the building as shelter. And I knew that there was probably a, Ooh, uh, bad choice. you know, like a, a camp at the top. Um, yeah. I think, I, I think you can see like the light from the distance and it turned out it was like a trap and there was horrible yeah. monsters in there. Baited. And that was, yeah. And it was fucking horrifying. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, we, we talked about that game for a long time and, <laughs> It's just got a good. It's got a good uh, spirit, and and the the developers care a lot and put a lot of effort into it. And not every aspect of it is perfect. They never have been, and they probably never will be. But that's part of its charm to me. And yeah, um, I agree. And yeah, I just I had a very consistent, enjoyable, familiar time with it this year. And uh, yeah, it was good. I I, I don't have my. I really don't have much negative to say about it. Honestly, it's it was. That's fair. Yeah. It was a totally enjoyable experience from start to finish. It sort of it sort of moved around a lot on my list. Not a lot, but like 
do I want it at number six? Do I uh, seven, eight? Oh, uh, you know, sort of mm-hmm. circling, running it. My six, seven, and eight sort of like circled around each other a lot. Um, but uh, yeah, I figured you know it's lower on the list just because it's it's the third Metro. You know, it's still good. <laughs> Metro is still it's good. still good. It yeah. is still good. Yeah. So that's my number eight. All right. My number seven. Oh, what could it be? What could it be? Hmm. This is a game. Oh, it's a video game? We have talked about a lot. Huh, I wonder what it could possibly be. My number seven is Death Stranding. (laughs) So, we're definitely not going to go back into it. Because we talked about that game for like two and a half hours. And there's so much in the game. Um, I had a lot of problems with Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. But luckily for me, the game is flexible enough to just kind of let you do what you like in the game, as long as you like the main story, because if you don't like that, then, you know, you're fucked. Well, but <laughs> I pretty much just beelined the main plot for the whole game, and I don't regret it. Uh, I wasn't really enjoying delivering stuff back and forth over and over again. I wasn't really connecting with the building. Uh, you know, the social stuff, even though I definitely yeah. thought it was cool and had some amazing storytelling moments. But beelining the main quest gave me like quite a tidy 35-hour journey. And when you are just doing that uninterrupted, I just feel like it was a really fun time. It felt like a long, treacherous journey. And I like games that portray journeys, if that makes yeah. sense. Oh, yeah, I understand. Uh, something yeah. like, you know, games like The Last of Us. And yeah, and God of War. And, God yeah. of War. Things that, when you get to the end, you're like, wow, look how far I've come. I also streamed the whole thing, and sharing it with <laughs> other people was extremely entertaining. I bet. And I also haven't really played anything from, I would say um, Hideo, but apparently it's Hideo. Yeah, sure. H- Hideo right. Kojima. Uh, I've never played the Metal Gear Solid games. Uh, I tried four once when I was much younger. And I think going to full blind. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, baby, it's let's a just lot. Say I, let's just say I thought it was going to be something else. And I quit that game pretty quickly. <laughs> so the magic, uh, if you want to call it magic, uh, maybe the madness, maybe the schlock, maybe the garbage of Hideo Kojima was new to me and fresh. And I was kind of looking for one of his experiences and just kind of ignoring the stuff that didn't connect with me and pushing forward, getting through all the dumb plot lines. Uh, and also the zeitgeist of talking about this game. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. We, we had a dedicated Discord channel that was active for like a yeah. month. You don't get that I very often. I enjoyed the environment around Death Stranding. Maybe oh, just as sure. much as I enjoyed my weird journey of walking up hills in this game. Is it good? That's a discussion for the past, which you can find probably down below. And we talked about it for like three hours. We've in been talking too about much Death Stranding for a month. Yes. It's exhausting. It's a, The game's kind of exhausting. So if you want oh, detailed yeah. thoughts, uh, Jameson's got a standalone review and we did a podcast on it, but we should probably move on for it. Uh, let's just it. say the game did what I wanted it to do for me. It delivered on some of the bullshit I wanted uh, and I just mostly enjoyed my entire time of it. And I feel like I might not have done if I had done other stuff in a game and not just gone for it. Like, I don't know if that game would have stuck around... You know, I don't know if I would have liked the game if I had stuck around for 50 hours or so. I think uh-huh. getting to the end quickly was probably the way to do it. Uh, I didn't soil myself in the experience. 
and it was one of the most memorable and interesting games of the year. Is it a good game? Well, just put that into the YouTube search and I'm sure you'll get some results. I mean, this video is called the best games of 2019. Best <laughs> implies quality, so I think you're saying it's a good game? It's a well-made game. Is it, though? Yeah, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> my number seven. <laughs> yeah, just, just, yeah, just move on. Uh, don't my number seven is Disco Elysium. Nice, number seven, all right. Again, this, like I said, six, seven, eight sort of uh, moved around quite a bit. Um, yeah. I was a little uh, cold on the game initially. I was yeah, like, me too. this is good. Is yeah. But it took a little while to click. But once it clicked, it really clicked. And um, <laughs> the the twists and turns of the mystery were really well done. Um, you yeah. hit a certain point in that game where you're just like, they do it like three times where you're like, I've got it. I figured it all out. And then they're like, no, you know nothing, you idiot. And yeah, then the, that and part they, of in the whirling ranch would be like running upstairs and running downstairs and running upstairs. That was a really good part. Yes, you know I mean? the back and forth in yeah. that building. Yeah, it was very really good. good. And uh, they they kept doing that all the way to the end. And like we said, the ending sequence, which is honestly like two or three hours, is <clears> really <throat> strong. And uh, I never had the um, the sort of time gate road blocking, let's call it, that you encountered. Um, yeah. I had a, a sort of like, I don't know what to do roadblock, uh, not because I had, because I felt like I had hit a wall with checks uh, and skills, but that wasn't the case. And, um, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's got a great look. It's got great music. It really sets its place and time and really well. And mm -hmm. uh, the main two characters are, I mean, the main character, of course, can be whatever you want him to be, but in mind the the sort of relationship between him and 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 of course Kim Kutsuragi is a great character he's a great partner in the game yes. and um and yeah it 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 uh sticks the landing which not a lot of games do and uh and keeps up the sort of it keeps up its like aesthetic throughout the whole game like it, it's constantly you know the back and forth it balances the like I'm a crazy cop. This is a dirty world, psychedelic and filth. Like all it, it balances all that really well. It doesn't lean on anything too much. And right when you start to think like, all right, I'm a little tired of, you know, these assholes talking to me. Uh, you get like a nice sort of beautiful moment or, or a fun yeah. moment. There's some good humor throughout. Yes. I forgot uh, to I, say that game is funny. It is. It definitely made me laugh more than a few times. And I, uh, I was, playing a little bit of it last night or the other night just to partially to capture footage and also just to to like start a new game as like a complete dirt bag and uh i tried to shoot kuno uh, instead of <laughs> shooting the body off Fuck and i missed kuno and i missed and the game just ends oh <laughs> and a newspaper pops up on the screen and it's like cop tries to murder child and then retires <laughs> for life oh, kuno and deserves it, it. It was just funny. Actually, I think it was Kuno S. The, the I'm not sure. Anyways, it, they're, that they're game's funny. Terrible. The joke the, the the one of the early jokes in that game where you go and talk to a racist and he speaks to you for like 30 minutes about his racist screed and it's oh, like yeah. unbelievably detailed. It's a funny joke. Like it's a funny bit that goes on for so long. God, for so long. Uh, there's a Did lot. Did you manage of, to knock that guy out? By the way, I did in my uh, with my new character with the, my I, high I strength. Did. Felt good. 
Yeah, I bet. Punch uh, him in the throat. Yeah. Oh, I threw a spinning 360 jump kick on him as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was for style points, you know. Um, <laughs> Feels yeah, good. it's fun. And, and honestly, dice rolls in games, they can be so infuriating, but they're also so oh, yeah. cheeky and fun. Like, it's part of why you like why I like XCOM and also hate XCOM. Is cause, you know, it's like, I've got 17% chance to, to get this. Oh, fuck it. Here we go. And then you get it. And you're like, yes. Yes. And then you miss a 90% chance. And you're like, this game is bullshit. <laughs> yes. I had both of those. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it was a great time all the way through. It's it's a very well-developed, uh, complete package. And uh, great debut from that team. And I would I want to mm-hmm. play more games by them and in this world. It was a... It was a there's not enough detective games. You know, we had Oberdin yeah, last yeah, year, yeah. which is, there's just not enough stuff like that that revolves just around. mystery games. Yeah, solving a mystery. There's not enough of that. So. It's such like a fun, yeah. More. Yeah, it's weird that there aren't more. Uh, anyways, yeah, Disco Elysium. It's good. It's way better. Than, I'm glad I played it after Outer Worlds because, uh, oof, that game was boring. <laughs> <laughs> there go the dislikes. All right. Aha! My number six. Mm. Mm, we're starting to get high up. My number six is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. My journey with Sekiro. Oof, my journey with Sekiro. Um, it started off pretty rough. Again, we're not going to go too into detail because we, we went pretty deep. Yeah, we also talked Sekiro. about that one for well over an hour. Yeah. Um, my first 15 hours of this game were as close to a video game abusing me as I've, I've, I've felt in years. I was getting absolutely wrecked. Uh, Sekiro has a very difficult learning curve. At least I felt, I'm sure. I feel like if you went into this game blind without any knowledge of Dark Souls, you might actually acclimatize to it better than I did because the muscle memory of Dark Souls is actually a detriment to how you play this game because uh, it plays almost in the opposite way. So I wasn't really having the best time. Uh, there's actually a crack in my Xbox controller to uh, attest <laughs> to the rough time I was having. With, I uh, love that. With that fucking spear guy near the beginning. <gasps> oh, he's such a bastard. That fucking spear guy. Seven spears or whatever his name oh, is. Yeah. God. Uh, I was having a rough time and I pushed through because I'm an incredibly stubborn gamer. And I did eventually get used to the systems and when you do martyr the systems in Sekiro it's one of the most satisfying combat systems ever made in video games arguably the most satisfying and I think From went into this uh, game with a very very specific experience intended for the player which I think might not make it as rememberable as stuff like Dark Souls which people can replay infinitely with different variations of weapons and builds and there's PvP and all that stuff Sekiro is kind of a bit more of a one-and-done type thing. You have your journey, you get it, and obviously you can replay it as much as you want, but it, I don't feel like it's going to be that different if uh, unless you do a couple of different endings. I did really, really enjoy Sekiro in the end. I actually mm-hmm. enjoyed my second playthrough of the game more than my first, just because the game is focused around you being a master at the game. Uh, and when you get to that stage where you feel confident and competent... Uh, it's extremely satisfying. Uh, we've talked about many games in the past where you start out shit and then you become good and overcoming that hurdle is what feels great. 
and I've never really had any of those with other From Software titles. I've always been, let's just say, someone who blags their way through them. Uh, I don't give a shit in From Software games about summoning people. I'll use 10 Estus Flasks and I'll scrape through. I've never really been good at them because you don't have to be good at them. Uh, and obviously that style of play doesn't go in Sekiro. You've got to no. be good at this game, especially that last boss, which is Oof. legendarily difficult. Uh, so it was a hurdle for me. And I do think this game would have been higher on my list if it had been closer to the Dark Souls format. I'm not trying to argue which way is better. I just, I kind of enjoy my Dark Souls journeys where I feel kind of like a bumbling fool that's just managing to scrape his way through and I feel like an underdog and I'm, I've, I've done it, you know? And Sekiro is the opposite. You want to become a fucking lethal murderer in this game that nothing can, you know, no one can stop you. It's not really my playstyle. I'm not really someone who cares about mastering games and being the best at them. But, you know, From Software kind of forces that upon you. And I, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed actually feeling like at the end I was good at one of them. And obviously we haven't, I haven't complimented anything else. Uh, the game's gorgeous. It has great music. The boss designs are, are really, really good. It's the usual high quality stuff that we expect from From Software in this genre. Uh, would have been a bit higher because if you don't know, I am a From Software fan. I like their work a lot. Very excited to see what Elden Ring is. Uh, it's just not really my go-to uh, style of play. But I did appreciate, you know, the tough parent approach of being pushed outside of my comfort bubble. And, you know, this year From Software was the one saying get good. And they meant it. And I did get good. And it <laughs> felt pretty good to get good. I actually feel like I'm good at one of the From Software games. So that was cool. The extent to which that game seems built to fuck with Dark Souls players is one of yeah. my favorite parts of that game. <laughs> yes. Uh, that, ga that game is fuck off hard. Uh, it is a very, very difficult game. I should say, like, I played... I played... I mean, I played through the whole game. Uh, but, uh, you know... Journalist use... mode... I use some uh, some assistances, let's say. Um, Jameson, not only did you cheat yourself, yeah, go ahead. But you no, not only did you cheat. Ah, fuck, fuck it. Oh, you lost it. The meme was good you, though. <laughs> uh, that was such a good meme. That was so um, good. I lived that. Um, but like, I, I, there were like, I, I, I cheesed, I cheated through many parts of the game, but I also did, in, I did play. A good amount of it legitimately and i think i ended up defeating i think all but like one or two of the side bosses legitimately and they're really fun i that was my oh, favorite the, part the of it bosses, was yeah the fighting the side bosses because you're not limited to an arena and you can Im you can engage with like all the cool other Sekiro stuff like the traversal and the grappling hooks and the stealth stuff um i really liked that I liked being able to feel like, sort of feel like you're cheesing things where you like, you lose the aggro of the drunkard and are able to backstab him, you know? Like, right. it, it was a really, and being able to grapple away, um, which you couldn't really ever do in the boss fights. Um, and no. I really, I really enjoyed that stuff. And uh, I've, I, I, I love poking at sec or at um, from software games and just sort of like, there's sort of these, every one of them is like this unique marvel of like just weird ass game design in a way, yeah. you know, and Sekiro is no exception. And I love the way it fucks with players 
and is still doing Dark Souls-like things, but is also hugely different and... Um, I think that's one of the points. It was just exciting to see From kind of step out of their bubble a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, there's also some amazing moments in Sekiro as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, like I the, mean, there's the, a giant monkey boss that throws shit uh, at you. I mean, come that on. That monkey fight is so cool. And then how he comes God. back to life. Like, oh, that is such so a good, good moment. And then the 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 bit where the... Um, and I, of course, didn't see this legitimately, but I imagine if you, and if you saw it legitimately, it would have been incredible because that bit where... You fight Genichiro for the last time, and then he, like, cuts his throat, and then his fucking evil grandpa sticks his arm out, and, like... <laughs> yes! The, the, that is, like, one of my favorite shots in games in a while. Just the mm-hmm. way his hand, like, comes down and grabs the sword, and he's like, I'll do this myself. Oh, it's just, so like... So slow it's a, and wet as well. It's an incredible moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Sekiro, I'm glad... I mean, I knew it was going to be on your list. Um, mm-hmm. And I figured it was sort of going to be in the middle, because I remember you also having problems with... Uh, like the re- the repeated boss fights in the second half. I didn't realize that you yeah. had replayed it, and that's uh, that's that's good. Um, yeah, I actually to uh, come clean, I actually haven't beaten my second playthrough. Oh, that's uh, good because you been, need to capture some footage for it. <laughs> I've been kind of holding on to it because at the end of the Shura ending, there's two boss fights I haven't done. Ah, which is a different version of the final boss, and right. uh, you actually can fight Emma, the potion lady. Oh, weird, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Huh. Uh, I haven't done that. I've got two bosses left, so you can watch me. You're probably watching it right now. Clutzing around, tripping over, haven't played Sekiro in like Oof. five months. I'm going to die, probably. That's going to be rough. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm I, good, I, though, I swear. I also kind of hope they don't make another one. I hope they just I'm with you. one and I'm done with you. it. Yeah, yes. like, I love that their next game is fucking Elden Ring, which is like an open-world RPG. It's like, I don't know... From software is so weird. Like you never know what they're gonna do next, and they yeah. work quickly as well. Like yeah, they really do. Sekiro just came out, and it's like the, the Elden Ring is probably next fall, you know. And it's like that eighteen stuff is months such later. High quality for the speed they do it at. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I also yeah. like um, I like the zeitgeist around From Software games. Oh, absolutely. I know, yeah. You know, it's not you know if we were doing an objective list, you wouldn't put that stuff in there. But I'm, whatever, like Death Stranding and Sekiro are up. It my plays list a major part of of the does. game experience. Yeah. It has good zeitgeists. It's fun seeing the community like figure out the speedrun routes and watch the people have deep philosophical gaming debates <laughs> about uh, accessibility and should there be an easy mode and all that stuff. It was it was a really fun event of the year. Yeah. Good on FromSoft for getting two games on our top ten list this year. <laughs> oh yeah, they did. <laughs> Amazing in one year, incredible. They do, but I, I am grateful to Sekiro because, like, I, I had there were times where that where there were a few times where the combat clicked and it was like, oh fuck, this is great. But for the oh. most part, it, I'm just I'm just so bad at parrying in games. Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me boot up Bloodborne, and I I'm really glad. And uh, I, I have enormous out of it. I have enormous respect for Sekiro, and oh, yeah, it's a very good game. Mm. All right, my number six is not a very good game. Or is it a very good game, Joe? Oh, We've had this conversation. Number six. <laughs> is Death Stranding. Wow, number six. I didn't think it was going to be on your list at all for a second. Uh, that's because I leaned too hard onto the I hate Death Stranding bit, mm. onto the, into the goofs. Very nice. I mean, look, <sighs> placing it was tricky because there are parts of this game. There, were, there was like at least a 10-hour chunk of this game that I actively hate. Mm-hmm. So it's like, where do I, how does that impact its placement? But the reality is when I think about it, and now that I've cooled off and, you know, time a week or two has passed, um, 
it's like, oh yeah, I, I played the so I, I my total playtime was like almost sixty five hours, and it's like, okay, let's say maybe fifteen of that was doing stuff that I didn't enjoy. That's still like fifty hours of content that I I had a good time with, mm-hmm. and and we talked about it extensively. But like the 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 impact of the freedom of this weird this weird like city builder delivery game almost that was the part of it that i connected with the most um and just building my roads building my zip lines and then and then using them and running the system that i had built uh and the way it interacts with other players and the sort of janky freedom of like i'm going to climb to the top of this precarious little cliff and place a zip line and it's going to (laughs) be perfect and uh, and then it got, you know, 11,000 likes or something by people. Uh, it's just, it's, it was such a unique experience, even though I have major problems with it that, of course, have been discussed ad nauseum. The, the, it was a unique. It was something refreshing oh, yeah. and different. And, and Especially I, during and, the end streak of the year where a lot of things weren't yeah. different. That's also, I'm glad you pointed that because that, uh, let me just look at my list quickly here. Uh, Death Stranding, I think, might be the only game from the second half of this year on my list. Yes, or you know, the for... or like the last third of the whatever from September onwards. Let's yeah, say. except um, for Disco. Oh yeah, Disco. Right, that's true. Disco mm. did just come out, but you know, like yeah, tr- the fall seasons oftentimes don't do it for me. It's like, oh, here's another Ubisoft game, and I hate. I just don't connect with them anymore, and. So many of the fall games, especially this year, were like these weird, hey, it's 2011 again, y'all. You ready? And it's like, no, no, not really. I've been there. And Death Stranding was different. It was very different. Parts of it are, are bad. Parts of it I hated. But by but like the majority of the gameplay, I I really connected with and it was it felt unique to me because it was like yeah. I was making all these decisions myself of what I wanted to do and yeah it's it's I think it's where it should be on my list honestly because cool. I there were not a lot of games this year that were like kept me like I would play for like 6 hours a night for several days in a row just yeah you playing. steamed through that game yeah and like not progressing the story very quickly you know doing side deliveries building stuff and uh yeah it was it's problematic from start to finish but also kind of great and also kind of yes. terrible <laughs> yeah you know it's a good way of putting it will it be on our top 10 worst games of the year just you wait to find out <laughs> could be on both it might be all right all right now is when it starts to get good finally the top the five games stuff. There's nothing bad to say about any of these games, no. hopefully. Oh. Mm, well, we'll get to oh. it. I'm not going to lie. <clears throat> My placement of Death Stranding did change while we were having this conversation. Really? Well, I had reorganized. I had put it lower last night. Yeah. And But then as I was sitting here, I realized I needed to put it back where it was. So maybe it just reverted to where it was at this time yesterday. Mm. Where I, was it I before? Changed- just like seven? Well, it was at number six yesterday, and then last night I put it down to number eight, mm. and then I moved it back to number six while we were talking. <laughs> it's just one of those games, mate. It's just one of those games, exactly. So, All right. Getting number into five. the good stuff. God, this game is so good. Part of me feels a little bit guilty about putting it at number five, because I do think it's just one of the, the cleanest, best 
perfect packages of the year. And that's Resident Evil 2. Mm. Resident Evil 2 is just a flawless little thing. I think maybe if Resident Evil 2 had been a little bit more substantial, which obviously it can't be because it's based off of a previous product, which is what it is. If it had been like a 15-hour experience, which again, I know it couldn't have been, I think it would have stuck with me more. Uh, I think Resident Evil 2, like everyone by now knows what RE2 Remake is and the format, so I don't think we need to dive into it because again, we already reviewed it. But it just has such amazing pacing, goofy game logic, uh, <laughs> stupid, weird dialogue and characters. The tone of this game uh, is genuine, like, ammo scarcity and scare, kind of scariness, minor survival horror elements. There's just something about the tone of Resident Evil, which is quite special. Uh, it, it kind of has this, I don't know, tongue-in-cheek, but also quite serious tone at the same time. It's very Japanese and odd. Yeah, uh, And it just has a little bit of a magic factor. Almost like when we were talking about um, Half-Life Alex the other day. And talking about Valve having just like a little bit of a spark that's kind of hard to describe and pinpoint. But you just know they do. They have like this tone thing going on which is just very unique. And I think uh, Resident Evil has the same thing. And RE2 is just a perfect, beautiful little package. That game looks excellent. Mm. And I know it's, you know it's a weird criticism to say it's short. But, I mean, like, a five, six-hour game is just, like, it's hard to... For full price? Like... Yeah. Yeah. I loved RE2, and I don't really even have much to say about it, because you know how it works. Most people know what it is, and I don't really have any complaints. So I don't know how to go into any detail about this, except that I love it, and I think that it executes its intention flawlessly. It's just, you know, a five to six hour experience is hard to be, you know, latch on to, put up the top and be that memorable. Oh, mm-hmm. I don't know if these words are the ones I want to say. It's, 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 I feel bad for criticizing it for being what it can only be. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I literally, I don't have much more to say about RE2. I think it's one of the biggest game franchises ever. People know what this game is. You guys know what RE2 is. It's phenomenal. And I think it's almost flawless. Maybe you could say the sewer section is a bit of a navigational yeah, nightmare. Yeah, the sewer section is a bit, a bit, a bit poopy, let's say. <laughs> but I, I didn't, I don't know. I just, I had a p- perfect experience with this game. It was absolutely flawless. But, you know, a, a remake of an old game that's five, six hours, it ended up at number five. It could have been higher, but it ended up at number five. And I'm very excited yeah. for the Resident Evil 3 remake. And it's also just nice to see the franchise back on track. Because, you know, we had RE6 and a lot Oof. of strange reboots and spin-offs. Well, RE7 have... was really good. That's what I'm, I was just about to say. Seeing yeah. RE7, RE2 remake, they got RE3, yeah. and then I, I assume an RE8. RE8. Yeah, another uh, it's just great to see you know, Capcom get their feet back on the ground. Because survival horror is a genre that's been a bit left in the dust. Yeah. Uh, and I really oh, like yeah. it. You know, Evil Within 2 was top of my list of 2017. Not top top, but you know what I mean. Like it was top, in the top half, yeah. I just, I really like the genre. There's I do too, I kind of find. Yeah, mm. I, like, RE2 is not on my list. Uh, it was one of those <gasps> games that I, I was confident was going to be on your list. Um, oh, yeah. That's not why I didn't put it on my list. Though. It was, like, I, it was one of the, it was probably the game for me this year that I had a great time with, but left no, it had no lasting impact on me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 12 hours. It was great, you know, because kind it did the of eight. twelve hours. Yeah, you know, yeah, kind of. you're right. Sick, yeah. I know. What you're saying. 
but I spent 12 hours with it. I had just a great time playing through it. Uh, it's extremely good. I didn't find it... I didn't like it as much as RE7, just because RE7 was the first one that I had played. And and because it's first person and I played it on a PS4, uh, it's harder. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas mouse and keyboard and third person make the game really easy and not scary, I find. Um, yeah. Or not as scary. It was the same with yeah. our, uh, The Evil Within. It's just like, you just destroy everyone. Um, but it's, it's, it is so well made and so... It's amazing that they're able to take an old game and it's not just a fresh coat of paint because they did, you know, make some changes, but it is by and large the same game uh, with a new, very modern uh, interpretation and and it holds up really well. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's really, really good. Like, Like you said, I can't really think of a bad thing to say about RE2 except for I don't enjoy the sewer section all that much. That's fair. Like I like the police station, and then everything after the police station, I would say I was I wasn't as hot on, but it was still enjoyable all the way through, and I played it through very quickly and had a great time with it. Um, I think my overall point of Resident Evil Five and its length is I'm still not that satisfied when it comes to Resident yeah. Evil Two. Yeah. Like I recently started playing it with a mod which randomizes all the weapons, um, and that's been really fun playing it again with randomization. But it's still, you're just still in the same place. You're still doing the same beats. Uh, I'm still hungry for more Resident Evil. Two for didn't, sure. Didn't fill me up. Even though I thought it was amazing and borderline flawless, it just didn't fill me up. Yeah, well. That's my number five. I, I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I know the rest of the games on your list. Pretty you, sure I know the rest of the games on your list. Okay. I know there's one from early in the year that hasn't been mentioned. That would be it would it would shock me if it wasn't on your list. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know what the rest of your games are. I wonder uh, if you know what the rest of my games are. I don't know if you do. Okay. Well. <laughs> all right. My number five is a little game called Astroneer. Oh yes, yes, Astroneer. <laughs> oh, Astroneer. You're I'm so happy for gr- it. You're a what a great game. Yeah. Um, we played this three years ago, two years ago when it came in mm-hmm. early access. Spent you know one long session with it as a group, had a good time with it, and then we're like, "That's cool." I hope it is good when it comes out in two years. Not that it wasn't good in early access. It's one of the only games I can think of that I played in early access and then played outside of early access and liked. <laughs> wow. Anyways, that says something. Yeah, well, I don't. Yeah, anyways, and it came out at the, early in this year. One of the with a just an amazing launch trailer, by the way. Everyone should go watch that launch trailer. It is so adorable. Anyways, oh yeah. Um, and it came out, and we did a stream with it, and it was a good time. And then, but then it was like we need to make, we need to program, we need we need to play the game, and able to progress, and maybe go to a new planet or something. And so I was like, it's okay, I got this, boys. It's my server. I, I'll do this. I I'll do this. And it begun like a two-week, like f- feverish playing of Astroneer, where it was just like I I was up late every night, like I was on the wiki digging into how to make these things. It's the only. Oh wait, there's. Wait a second, I just remembered. <laughs> wait, what? Another game on that came out this year that I would be surprised if it isn't on your list, and now there's. Five games for your four slots. Hmm, huh? Fuck. Okay. Anyways, um, I have I have never particularly gotten into any of these sort of light, 
survival, expanding building, surviving loop games. Yeah. Um, and Astroneer is probably the friendliest of all of them in terms of there's nothing particularly hostile about the game in that, like, you have to monitor your oxygen and your battery, but there are no enemies. You know, I mean, mm. there's some angry plants. Um, but there's there's very little that gets in your way. And there are, of course, hazards you have to worry about. And you do have to be conscious of these survival aspects. But the the core of it really is this loop of going out, digging, getting new stuff, building and getting more efficient and building the, the, the sort of the efficiency machine almost and uh, and then expanding. What sets Astroneer apart is that, I mean, it does, I think it does the survival and then the loop of building and expanding and building and expanding. I think it does that stuff really well. But I think what sets it apart is um, a combination of things. It's the visuals. Oh, yeah. It's the general tone and spirit of the game. It's an incredibly lovely, lighthearted game Mm -hmm. Um, with just, I mean, it is gorgeous. Um, it has great music. It's, it's a very visually and audibly like just, it's so pleasant to be in. Um, but it's also like, it's kind of like the little game that could like, and that every time we would try something in that game, it had, it would work. Yeah. Like we built a fucking ramp into space and put a platform on the end of it and you can land your ship on this weird space platform. And it's like, (laughs) that doesn't feel like it should work, but it does, you know? And then you build, you dig down to the core and it's got great moments. Like the first time we discovered the big alien obelisk and then lit it up eventually. Or the first time you and I got to the core is an incredible moment. Oh yeah. And um, the first time you go into space and land on a new planet. And and it's a game that I've like kept coming back to. I haven't played a ton of it over the last couple months. but And not all their updates have been amazing. But they keep adding consistently to it. They're adding more stuff to it. More things to build. More light sort of exploration story stuff to find. Not a ton. I think they could put more of that in. Um, but it wasn't just limited to two weeks of playing like i played it again in may and then again in august and then i will probably play a, a good chunk of it in the next month or so because there have been a ton of new things added um and i have no doubt that i will keep poking at it keep booting it up and getting into it for a week and then coming back six months later and doing the same thing um i'm sort of at the point where it's like ah the goals are a little looser because you have to sort of decide for yourself what you want to do uh it's yeah. one of those and if you're not deciding on things to do, then you're not going to have as much of a good time with it. Um, but that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that uh, sometimes in games where they just sort of let you pick and choose and decide for yourself what you want to do. And I'm, I would love to see a little more, just a little bit more of like scripted sort of hidden things in there, you know? like Yeah, I think that's where I'm at as well with the game. Yeah, but the core of it, like, I really enjoy I really do enjoy the core of it, even though it can be fiddly, like the inventory management and placing things. Can, it's all a little janky and a little fiddly, but even without the, all that extra stuff, the core loop of dig, build, build to make your digging better, et cetera, et cetera, is very satisfying. And now I'm at the point where it's like, oh, I, I want to build my base to look nice and have 
all these like efficient storage solutions and yeah and that's fine and i'm i'm on board with that and i i will continue to keep up with it and it's it's just it's got a great developer behind it everyone should watch the no clip documentary on it yeah. it's a very sort of sad but also good humble tale, tale humble tale and the game is just it's just got a spirit to it that nothing else this year has and not a lot of things in general have it's just it makes me feel happy when i'm playing it <laughs> yeah. and and even just looking at it it sort of has the sea of thieves effect where it's like just the oh, visuals yeah. they're just relaxing and calming and happy and there's not a lot of games that do that and yeah, yeah astroneer is a tremendous little game that I like a very a great deal and it just yeah I'm glad it's on your list I hope I think they've sort of been hinting that they're you know they'll one day add another solar system or something like that Ooh. that would be very exciting and it's just I'm amazed at how much it's you're able like that game is just there's a lot you're able to do in that game that surprises me for such a small team and for such a seemingly simple game you know just the even the fact that like the core has like completely wacky gravity, you know, it's <laughs> I like, love that stuff. Huh? That's kind of crazy. Or the fact that you can build a space platform is just, it's just weird that you can you can build a ramp from space all the way to the core of a planet, and the game is just like, yeah, okay, let's do that, no problem. I can handle this. Um, yeah, it's great. I I I love Astroneer. That's one of those games that I just be like, oh, let me give you a hug, Astroneer. You're great. Um, I so, yeah. also really like Astroneer. I don't think I uh, connect with the building survival stuff, maybe yeah. because of oversaturation from me when it comes to playing those genres. Like, I played Satisfactory this year, so I didn't have any need to itch that part of my brain for right. making efficient machinery. And I've played a thousand survival games because of my dumb YouTube stuff, so... <laughs> yeah. Just that stuff didn't really uh, get me going, but I agree with everything you said. It looks phenomenal. Uh, there isn't a lot of co-op adventures to go on anymore. Mm -hmm. So I really love the sessions that we've had with it. And I will be there for every substantial update. And I agree with you. I hope they add more events to say. Yeah. More yeah. discoveries and mysteries to stumble upon. Because some of those are just so good. Yeah. Some most memorable like multiplayer experiences of the entire year. Easily. For sure. Yeah. That we had a great we had a great time with that game, and I have continued to have a good time with it. Satisfactory is is one of the games that I wasn't sure if it was going to be on your list or not. Mm. Uh, Who knows? Um, and I will, uh, I presume we're mm. going to move on now. I will say the three games that I'm not sure if they're on, like, they're, okay, the two that I think have to be on your list. <laughs> should I say them or should I just let you go? You can always edit it out. How about I'll just call it if you call them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Number four. Uh, I thought about this one for a long time, and man, was I tempted to put it lower. Because, hmm. Nintendo, you are a strange company oh, sometimes. Fuck, right. Shit. Super Mario Maker 2 is my number four. Fuck, okay, man. I forgot about okay. Mario Maker. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I'm falling apart here. <laughs> Mario Maker 2. Uh, I did not expect to put 250 hours into this game. But I think it came out at a perfect time. It was during the quiet spot of the year. I love platformers. I always have since I was a wee little boy. So I connected with the playing part of the game. 
and I wasn't really expecting it, but I really connected with the making part of the game. I think I spent the most time making stuff out of the group, I think, oh, yeah. which yeah. I did not expect to connect with that. But it's almost hard not to. They make it so... They make it idiot-proof. Like, anyone can <laughs> yeah. make a level. And it's also fun to be kind of not really into, like, the game development cycle, but you get, like, a, the smallest peek behind the curtain of that world where you start to notice things that you shouldn't be doing because it's not fun for other players. Uh, and I really enjoyed having my pseudo moment of game development, even though I'm not really a game developer. But you know what I mean. You get a little peek into that world of getting oh, feedback yeah. and being like, oh, of course, this is not fun for players. Why did I put this in? And, oh, wait a minute, I can't make a level like this. I obviously know the solution. I've got to try to empathize and put my mindset for other people who don't have the same information. And there's just some fun... You know, you learn about the game development process by doing stuff like this and getting feedback, which I really enjoyed. Uh, the only weak point for me is the campaign. I thought the campaign was really, really disappointing, especially since Nintendo is supposed to be the king of Mario. I just thought they would have more inspired and interesting ideas, even for a 2D game. Like, they've done amazing 2D games, and it was just, it was just weak, and you had to play them to unlock a bunch of stuff. Uh, that sucked. And obviously another disappointment was the consistency of the connections in multiplayer servers. I actually still managed to have a lot of fun with Versus uh, online in Mario. It's actually brilliant. And I think it almost stings more when you kind of start to feel the magic. There are some amazing moments. Just the smallest interactions in this game, like being able to pick up other players and chuck them and items interacting with other players. It creates some really memorable moments in the multiplayer matches. But this game is up high on my list specifically for the enjoyment I had with the game. I do think there are a lot of weird issues with the game. Uh, yeah. If this was an objective list, it would have been much lower. Probably the exact same spot you put it. Because just like the map rotation for online is like, they're so shit. And none of them are even multiplayer um, maps or whatever you call them. Uh, levels when you can specifically tag the levels for multiplayer and you never get them you just get like these weird single player levels some of them don't even work because they're not designed to even have multiple people on and the servers are terrible and it's just such a shame because the online of mario i actually think is maybe the most magical part of the game and the part which has the most potential like i know you didn't try it but yeah when it when it works online mario is just so it's so fun hmm. and it feels uh, I don't know. It, it, it's such a weird thing to put this uh, unique twist on a formula you know so well and play it in a completely different way with people for the first time ever. And it, it just plays out completely differently. And they just kind of squandered it. It feels like um, Super Mario Party. It feels like Mario Party where it's just like, just people want to play this online. They did add playing it with friends eventually. But Nintendo are just so frustrating sometimes. They just don't seem to understand what people want and they prioritize weird things and like they didn't add on off switches to or one ways in super super map what's the newest one 3d world yeah that one was so hard to design levels in because the one ways are like the perfect tool to be like okay when you go this way you can't come back this way easy peasy and then when you don't have that it makes like designing your level and making it, you know, consistent and not breakable and no soft locks, really difficult. And it's like, why are they not just in this style? 
And I know it's very weird to be ranting about my number four of the year. <laughs> but uh, it was one of those games which was hard for me to figure out because I think the best things that came out of this game for me were the people who played it. I really got invested in like the community around Super Mario Maker. Still watch a lot of the people on Twitch who make levels and play levels because they're better at me at both those things. Better than I'll ever be, especially with the time I'm interested in putting into the game. And it's just been really interesting seeing just what people will do with such a simple concept and how far they will take it. Uh, it's been completely fascinating to dive into that world. And I played so much of this game. And I liked pretty much every moment of it, except for the campaign and some of the egregiously laggy matches in it. And I just wish Nintendo would be better at giving <laughs> people what they want. <laughs> I don't know. They're all a strange company because they made Smash Brothers. And I feel like people who like Smash Brothers got everything they ever wished for in the entire world with Ultimate. <laughs> yeah. Like everything they've yeah. ever wanted. Smash fans are literally, they're still on their niche quivering from the announcements that were made six months ago for that game. Because they just got everything they've ever asked for in the history of the world. Every character. And then there's Mario Maker players like, hey Nintendo, could you like update Can anything? You can you do something with Mario? You know Mario? You know? The, the, you remember him? You know? There's like a whole community of people really... No? Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, Same with Pokemon as well, right? Like. Yeah. You know, that's there's, there's a few more fingers well, in that pie, but yeah. you know, Mario Maker is just Nintendo. And, you know, if we'd recorded this a few days earlier, it would have been very different. Uh, it might have even been lower than four, but they, they have done an update. <laughs> Finally. One update, which is it's a good update as well. But I, I feel like a lot of people have, you know, they've sailed away from Mario Maker. People move on. There's lots of multiplayer games out there. You can't keep people's attention forever. So it's a weird one. Um, it's definitely the only game in like my top six where I have like actual complaints with the game. Yeah. But luckily for Nintendo, the community has saved this game. Uh, I absolutely loved playing people's levels, being involved in sharing levels with you guys. We'd use the Discord. Uh, utilities to stream you guys playing my levels mm -hmm. and obviously you guys watching me stream your levels that back and forth was really fun and it just gave me a bit of a unique experience in the world of platforming that I haven't ever been a part of and I think I played this more than any other game this year which would yeah. have been different if Halo Reach had come out earlier but that's how things <laughs> uh, great yeah. so yeah my my conundrum now is that you have only three slots left on uh -huh. your list and I can think of four games that I would have said for sure had to be on your list. Huh. Okay. I mean, two of them are obvious. Yep. I would say even three are. But the, the yeah, so then there's like the other two are like, well, well, f well, which one is it? So I'm going to be very fascinated to hear what your number three is. I Unless... already know that one of the games you're thinking of is my number 11. And I'm not that happy about okay. it being down there, but. I think my list, you know, for my my tastes has been pretty strong. I suspect strong. now I know what your number 11 is. I, okay. okay. Anyways. Mm. Hmm? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, will, I will ask, do you have any idea what my number three and four would be? Without saying them, but, you know, in your um, head. I... Hmm. Oh, uh, yes, one, obviously, just came to my head. That's got to be number three. Uh, right. I am missing one. <laughs> I don't know about one of them. My number four is Apex Legends. That was what I thought was number three. So I don't Aha. know what your number three is. Wait, what well, That's perfect. We don't know what either of our number threes are. Yeah. Okay. All right. Apex Legends, probably my favorite 
gaming surprise of the year even though yeah. there were some other good surprises but games it's a it was my favorite it's probably my favorite surprise of the year just because games don't do what apex did i love apex, when games do that as well apex legends fucking they announced it on a monday in february <laughs> and they were like yeah. it's not an early access it's not a beta it's finished and it's out right now motherfuckers i love it, I love it when and games do that it was so exciting and <laughs> i also it's also just ingrained in my mind i the, I had, that was right after I had like destroyed my finger from falling off a ladder and had to play with like a weird finger oh. setup on a keyboard. Anyways, it was just I remembered that. Uh Apex Legends is so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Um to get the negative out of the way very quickly, it probably would have been my number three if they hadn't made season three be kind of ass. I don't really know the story there. I don't really know why people... It's not like dead, but it's it's in a lull, right? Yeah, it's definitely bit. at the lowest point for me. So season three started October 1st. They put out the new map. They got rid of the other map from being playable. They made some big balance changes to weapons. They introduced new weapons, which broke the balance for a while. And it's a, the, main, the main two things for me with why I have not played much of season three, uh, almost any, actually, I've barely touched the game for the last three months, is I don't like the new map. I just don't like the way the new map plays. I don't think the new map is bad. It just plays much more like a BR. Whereas the OG map is way smaller and just, I think, better made and allows for much more aggressive play and feels much more like a team deathmatch game. Mm-hmm. Whereas the new map is huge and open and feels like a BR game. And that's frustrating. And also just they've introduced really aggressive skill-based matchmaking to the point where the meme now is you play ranked league to warm up for the public games, which is frustrating because rank should be where you go when you want to take something seriously. And you should be able to just jump into a public game and have a good time. And it's been a problem that many games have suffered. And, and Apex, just for whatever reason, they did this. And and it's... I'm not the only one that feels this way, you know. Um, but... So that's why... It, it, if they hadn't fucked up Season 3. Or, or stumbled with Season 3. Because it's not like a mess or anything. It's just not super fun. It would have been higher. But anyways. I don't want to dwell on the negative. Because Apex Legends is a tremendous video game. Um... I would say Apex Legends is almost obnoxiously good because there are so many design decisions in it that you're like, fucking why did no one else do this? Curse you, Respawn. Like, you're so smart. It's so annoying. Um, It is the most, aside from Season 3, and the reason I have, another reason I haven't played a lot of Season 3 is because I want to maintain my enjoyment of the game. I have had... A consistently fantastic time with Apex Legends. Um, and season three, I started to get frustrated and I sort of I wanted to put it away because I don't want to burn out on it. And I don't want to play it to the point where I'm annoyed with it. Because throughout this year, on PC or PS4, I can jump, I would jump in and just have a great time with it. It it's just it strikes a balance of like I mean, it, the game feel is insanely good, right? The shooting feels so good. The movement feels so good. There are so many smart decisions in the the BR mechanics of it. It's so, like, there's so many quality of life things throughout it. 
And it's just, when it comes down to it, it's just fun. It's just fun to play, and it feels like the matches are fast. They're like team deathmatch length. There's just, Apex is just a purely fun video game, and I don't know what else to say about it. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's extremely well-balanced. Like, the weapon balance is great. The character balance is great. The way they interact are, is is really smart. The variety of characters are all well done. The map, even though I don't like the new map, the two maps are good. The OG map is amazing. Uh, it's just, you just, I just, there aren't a lot of games that I've had a consistently, multiplayer games, that I can have a consistently fun time with. And like, I almost never got annoyed playing Apex. And it really also just murders all the other BRs out there in terms of quality. Oh, yeah. And I thought I was done with Battle Royale because, you know, we burnt our, we burnt PUBG to the ground, or rather it burnt itself to the ground like almost two years ago now, honestly. And Fortnite's not for me. Uh, the Black Ops thing, I didn't enjoy. Battlefield Five, <laughs> uh, um, And so, like, I thought I was just, oh, well, I'm like, okay, I'm done with BR. And then Apex Legends came out and was like, nah, you're not. And, and I'm back at a point now where I'm like, I'm getting a little bored of BR, but I suspect, like, the second they bring that OG map back, and if they sort out the matchmaking so it's a little more easygoing, like, I'm going to be right back in there. Because uh, it's just fucking fun. And I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's a supreme, and it's free as well. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I barely put any, I've, I've, I guess I bought the three season pass, the battle passes. So I put $30 into the game and played, I don't know, 200 hours, 300 hours, two, probably 200 hours across the, 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 the systems. Yeah, it's just, it's just so much damn fun. And it just feels so good. It's so athletic, to quote a certain someone. Um, yeah, I wish I could have put it at number three. I wish I had had a good time with it the last month or two. In August, it was like the peak of enjoyment. Doss and I were playing all the time on PS4, just having a fantastic time. And then overnight, they patched it, and all that momentum was gone, and I've put it down. But uh, from pretty much... And it, it came out right at the beginning of February and dominated like a large portion of the year. And... Uh, in a year where there were not a lot of games that stuck with me and there were a lot of disappointments to have a game come out of nowhere be free and be insanely good and stick around for nine months uh is pretty awesome and uh yeah respawn is very good they put up two games this year this is the only one that is worthwhile haha <laughs> 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 got him uh take that yeah, Epic Legends, is, uh, <laughs> Epic Legends is an uh, objectively excellent video game. Oh, it's so good. Not my thing. Uh, yeah. I just don't connect with Battle Royales or Hero <laughs> Shooters. I remember, I think I played like five games of Apex Legends, and I was like, damn, this game plays great. And then I never went back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just because it's, it's just not my genre. I would, I've, I think I've said this about PUBG as well. If PUBG was in something a bit smaller and simpler and more casual. Uh, I would definitely play those games because I think, you know, PUBG and Apex have amazing gun combat. I just uh, I just don't like Battle Royale. It's just too sweaty and stressful yeah. and people care about winning and I never care about winning and I just want to lay back and shoot some shit, you know. I do, I do keep saying if they made a TDM mode for Apex, it would be the best thing on the mm. market. It would be would incredible. That. It would, would be so good. I would play that day good. one with you. Yeah. 
Yeah, but they haven't, and that's fine. And I think yeah. as a uh, a bisection of BR and hero shooter, it's it really balances the two tremendously, and uh, it just it just feels so good to play. It's unbelievable. Like we lot we didn't get Doom this year, which is tragic. But like mm-hmm. there weren't there weren't really any good shooters this year. First person shooters, no. yeah, and. Yeah. even last year there weren't much there wasn't much in the way of fps's and to just to have it come out again once again respawn is the king of multiplayer games they have they have proven it time like year for for 12 years you know like here we are talking about call of duty modern warfare and obviously this is you know a new game but like they fucking mastered it 12 years ago and then they put titanfall out and they mastered it and then they put respawn or or, uh, apex legends out and it's like yeah, we win the BR genre. Fuck everybody else, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 70 million players or whatever. Like, it is it is just a fantastic video game. And it's good to see Respawn just get the recognition they deserve as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, Titanfall I, has just not been treated very well. Oh, Titanfall. Even though the multiplayer isn't for me, because mechs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the campaign uh, and Titanfall 2 is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. I think and the multiplayer just, is as well. Just give them more money, and I think people have, so I'm happy about yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah. For them to go from, like, you know, they get bought by EA, and it's like, oh, no. Uh-oh. And then, like, 18 months later, they're like, the we Golden have the number goose. one game of the year. <laughs> yeah, they're the Golden Goose. They're like, we we are the captain of EA now. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes me very happy. Just uh, even, like, when they were, like... What, God, it was such a journey that day. The, the like 90 minutes of the launch day of Apex, it was like they announce it and it's like, it's a set in the Titanfall universe. And I'm like, oh fuck, oh my God. And they're like, there's no wall running. I'm like, uh. And they're like, there's no <laughs> mechs. None of the Titanfall shit is in here. I'm like, uh, what? And then it's like, it's a hero based free to play battle royale. And it's like, uh. And then, like, you, and then it's like, and it's out now. And I'm like, oh. And then he launched the game and you're like, oh. It feels incredible. <laughs> uh, it was just such a it was such a whirlwind in that it just it kept up like I booted up you know two days ago and you just immediately were like oh man this game it just feels so fucking good it's unbelievable uh, it's unfair to everyone else everyone all these other multiplayer devs need to get a grip and uh, <laughs> try and compete with respawn because I don't know it's just oh. anyways Apex good game. A free to play. I'm, I'm trying to think. Is What's this your my, number three? I'm trying to think. Is this the first free to play game that's ever been on my list or your list? Uh, well, you put Pokemon Go. Uh, oh yes. I don't Pokemon know if there's Go. ever been a free to play game on my list before. Hmm. It's well, cool. It's ended, yeah, it has, and this is, and it's cool that it can do that, and that we can play. We can be talking about a free to play game. You know that that is. To me, they've always been like, ah, you know, they're okay. But now it's like, oh no, this is one of the best playing, feeling games of the year, and it's free. Uh, I'm just trying to think of your number three. It better not be one of the games I'm I'm thinking of. Uh, well, why? Why would you be angry? What? Well, okay. I wonder what you could possibly be thinking of. Okay. Hmm. All right. Well, that. you're number three. Because I'm just looking at like the 2019 games. I'm like, I have no hmm. idea what it is. Hmm. Maybe it's mo- did I miss any multiplayer stuff? Because I always miss multiplayer stuff. Hmm. What the fuck is it? Okay. Uh, my number three. Oh boy. Oof. Yikes. Um, you ready for this one? I am prepared to reach through the monitor and strangle you. Oh boy. Uh, my number three is Control. 
to uh, Control's really good. Uh, really like Control. And uh, Jimson? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> listen, 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 listen. We'll get to it when we get to number I'm two. I'm going to slap you next time I see you. No, listen. Control is uh, so, so good. It's so push good. Your, push your little baby game at number two. Uh, I don't know if you know. Okay. Okay, number three is Control. We did a detailed <laughs> review of Control. Uh, we're being awkward because, uh, I mean, Jameson, you know, big fans of Control. Big fans. I'm sorry. Okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. It's fine. It's fine. Everyone's allowed to make mistakes and <laughs> fall for recent heartthrobs and all that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Number three mm-hmm. is Control. Um... Control is like Remedies, almost said Respawn, Remedies Home Run. It's always oh, yeah. been a little bit like um, the Apex Effect, where it's been like this cute little studio and you've always wanted the best for them. And even though obviously Control isn't the home run that Respawn had, it's still just like the best thing they've made so far. And it feels like oh, they've God, really yeah. found their thing. And they're the fucking kings of whatever this thing is. This <laughs> yeah, weird, Lynchian, <laughs> trippy, psychedelic, vibrant interesting worlds that they make they're the kings and i love that they're feeling more confident to be weirder and i love weird shit and it feels like this is tapping into like a genre which you you see more in movies than video games because you know people gotta sell video games and it's hard to sell weird stuff especially when they're expensive to make uh this is the one in um, one time where i'm pretty happy about an epic exclusivity so that, you know, Remedy can get that paycheck and are safe. And <laughs> yeah. they can continue to be just the weirdest, most uh, charismatic, uh, coolest, kind of, almost, developer in the world. Uh, I huh. fucking love Control. It has amazing world building, incredible lore. Uh, the graphics, I mean, I don't want to be a boaster. Oh, here we go. But I played it with RTX and... <laughs> Boy, oh boy, does this game look amazing. I don't even care that much about graphics. You're the one who was telling me what anti-aliasing meant like two years ago. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, Jesus, this game looked so good. Like it was a bizarre visual phenomenon where it kind of looked like, sometimes it looked like real life with this strange video game on top of it. It looks so, so good. The only reason why it's actually at number two again i'm not going to spoil my um number three number instead three. of number oh, two. wait uh, uh folks nah. uh, we, he said it <laughs> the, the reason it isn't at number two is because there are some weaknesses with the combat in oh the game. for sure yeah and it's never been remedy's strong point so i wasn't <laughs> expecting there to be exquisite combat but i, I just still think the combat's like quite good it's yes and it's satisfying and the visuals and effects in the combat are incredible but the combat in number two is really good, so that's kind of... Oh, no. <laughs> this is so great. Yeah, we've done a really detailed talk <laughs> on Control, and I recommend it if you didn't play Control. I recommend a full review, because just the bullet points we're going to go over in this top ten list aren't really enough. No. If you haven't played Control, if you haven't been convinced to buy Control, um, there was rumors it's on Game Pass, but I don't know if that's been verified. I don't think that's happening. Mm. But anyway, watch the full review we did. Listen to it anyway, because or watch the review because we did both. We yes. talked lots about it. Yeah, 
Because if you're someone who just likes, if you're if you're a movie fan and you're a fan of like cinematography, world building, uh, sci-fi lore, uh, this game is just so for you. You'd absolutely love this game. It's one of the Me. best this year in sci-fi, world building, abstract visuals. It's really, really something. It's so creative, bold, confident, and cool. Uh, Control is amazing. Put it this way. In the year next year of many anticipated releases, one mm-hmm. of them is <laughs> we are extremely excited for the DLC for Control. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Oh, Control. Also, one of the biggest surprises of the year. Like uh, at the yeah, very beginning yeah. of the podcast, I said the things that I wasn't anticipating are really high up. Uh, and Control's one of them. I actually, uh, mm-hmm. I'm on video saying that mm-hmm. I wasn't excited for Control and I thought it looked poo poo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it turned out it was fucking phenomenal and Shame that you. always you know that always helps as well going into a game like meh and it's not meh it's not meh at all it yeah, was awesome it's, it's not it's not yeah it's mm. lengthy as well it's a really decent length yeah it was like 20 25 hours i would yeah. say yeah oh yeah it's so certainly good. not a perfect game but uh boy is it ever good yeah all right that's it you're number well. three which i don't know hmm well, my number three is probably not going to be out until the new year. It's oh. a video game called Dreams. Oh! <laughs> Dream for a second. I was like, is he going to say Halo Reach? I was like, oh, okay. Oh, Don't be Halo ridiculous. Reach. I mean, I'm just lost. I'm just lost. Dreams. I mean, Halo Reach, Halo Reach is good, but Dreams. Dreams, <sighs> Dreams is so good. Dreams. Part of the reason it's I put it on the list is because I... Oh, to be clear, Dreams is not out uh, fully. As of eh, the 7th of December, which is tomorrow, uh, it will not be purchasable anymore, which means no. to me that it is going to be out very soon. I suspect mm. we'll get a date uh, with that state of play thing. I'm sure it's out. There was a rumor that it was out uh, in mid-February, which would make sense. Um, very nice. So it be on our list next year as well. Well, so I was thinking like, man, there's no way Dreams is going to be on the list next year with all the shit that's coming out. Mm. Uh, but I've, you know, Dreams is, uh, it was originally quite a bit lower, but then I booted it up again last week and they had improved the discoverability so much. Um, and I was just immediately, and that was probably the biggest negative I had with the game was just like, it's, it was hard to find cool stuff and that's not the case anymore. They have really done a great job with it. Um, I hope that when the game releases, it gets a proper Sony marketing push, and I hope yeah. it catches, because I feel like... The more the merrier when it comes to dreams. It's only going to get more The more the merrier for sure, people. yeah. Yeah. But there's also a tiny bit of concern for me that, like, I don't know, I, I the, the early access thing was definitely the right call, but at the same time, I'm, like, mildly... There's a small part of me that's like, I hope that this isn't it for dreams, you know? Um, no. That it doesn't just have this small community. So anyways, but that doesn't matter. The core experience of Dreams is one of the most unique uh, experiences with games in a very long time. And it's just, it's such a weird thing to place on a list because it's not really a video game. It's a video game making game. <laughs> yes, it's an engine, basically. It's a game maker. Yeah. Um, but it is so... the. The reason it's so high is just because consistently every time I boot it up and I, I sort through dreams, people things that people have made, 
they just astonish astonish they astound me Mm -hmm. uh they are weird or beautiful or just like super good to play or some combination of all these things there's a real emotional impact i have i feel when i see something that's kind of bad but is really strange and it's clear to me that it is something that someone just had to desperately get out of their their head those are probably yes. my yeah, favorite yeah. experiences and i'm not talking like the really high concept weird ones i'm talking ones where you're like this is kind of garbage <laughs> but it's like <laughs> yeah, but charming yes and you just you know that it is something that someone needed to get out of them and put out into the world. <laughs> and that's a very powerful thing to be able to to boot up a game and to see, to have like direct access to other people's weird brains in a sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And nothing else provides that. And I know it's, you know, early access and it's, but like it felt very complete throughout the year and it's only gotten better with time. And it's a game that I will like boot up for years because every couple months like the number of the the creations are just better and better Mm. uh they're crazier and crazier and it's such a unique fascinating thing and i realized like it was always going to i actually for a while i was like do i do i want to put it on my list should i wait till next year but I figured, well, who who cared? Like, why yeah. should I wait for next year when I had a lot of... I spent, like, a decent amount of time with Dreams and had a great time with it throughout the year. And I, yeah. and I can't emphasize enough just how... I don't know. It's just... It just provides feelings that I just don't get from anything else where it's just like, this is so pure. Because it's and, unlike anything else. Yeah, and it's just these, these strange strange fucking things that people make but they're just they're fascinating as well and i think uh, people don't appreciate how ambitious a project like dreams is like to make a universally accessible game engine game sharing (laughs) piece of software that is so comfy that anyone can pick up and play it and don't get me wrong it's still hard to make dreams oh yeah but like they must have pitched that at a table and be like how the fuck are we supposed to do that and they've done it like yeah, and they spent they spent the entire generation basically building this game. And you, you can they, make anything in that game. And, you know, the promises leading up to you're like, there's no way. And then yeah. they did. And they have. And like the breadth of experiences you can play are staggering. Like there's like racing games and first person shooters and still paintings and sculptures and, and horror movies. games and movies and shorts and music and visualizers. And it's just like it's unbelievable. Like dreams is like I don't know how they did it in a way where you're just like the the tool set is. I mean the tool set is very complicated and takes a lot to to learn. But it's like yeah, it's so capable. And and going through the process of building something, going through all those tutorials and building a level, really is worth doing because it it, it highlights to you how complicated the level the tool making stuff yeah. is. Gives and it makes respect. you realize you look at these things that people have made and you're like, okay, I can, I more or less can f- sort of understand how they're doing this, but the like 
the the quality of it or like the the breadth of it is just like you're just like how the f-? like people have spent so much time building these things that's uh, the best thing about dreams and mario maker 2 this year it's just like a little yeah. bit of respect about how hard it is to make things yeah god it's hard and but people make it look easy with their projects that's oh, yeah. the thing and yeah there's just it's it's like it's a powerful product and it's a game that I will keep checking in on for years. And I hope it, yeah, I just I hope it just goes and goes and goes for the whole next yes, generation. I, yeah, it, oh, it's definitely yeah, I mean it's definitely going to be like back compat and all that. You know, that's part of the Of course, yeah. I feel like that's one of the reasons Sony is, you know, you don't want to put 7 years of development into dreams and then have it become redundant 18 mm-hmm. months later, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's just it's unlike anything that has ever been made, and the things that are in it have hit me in ways that I haven't had with games before. Uh, and I want to give a special shout out. This is completely genuine. <laughs> yeah. Beavis. Yeah. Whoever you are, you are a mad person. Like you're you're a genius, and <laughs> that you the the things that Beavis has made in Dreams are the most profoundly weird things I have seen on a television in a long time (laughs) and in a way that I deeply connect with like it's I'm not memeing I'm not goofing like they are so fucking weird and creepy and unnerving and beautiful in a way that like I don't know what to compare it to it's like (laughs) it's like the first time you see uh, I don't know like eraser head and you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is so what? Like, what am I even looking at? I don't know, but I have like chills all over my body. <laughs> so it's having an effect on me. Yeah, their stuff. Whoever you are, it, it's incredible. And <laughs> the newest one is so weird. The fawn one is probably my favorite because it's like genuinely beautiful in like Pan's Labyrinth way. Uh, I, but that's the thing, like. If dreams didn't exist, I don't know that this person would be able to get this to be able to create. Yeah, and it's I wouldn't really be able to exp- artists to get their stuff out nowadays. Yeah, and I would never. I would have gone through my whole life without experiencing this person's specific brand of bizarre. Yeah, and like that is something that I've experienced many times with dreams. Not maybe not to quite the extent I have with Beavis's stuff, but like all of the things in dreams, you're just like this is so intensely weird. And I'm so glad. Like the, have you seen the the green guy clips where it's like a little green dinosaur? I don't. And think they're so. like these little short films. It's I a guy who's made for a long time, and I'm very excited for when I do. He's made like seven or eight like short little things with a green sort of basic green uh, dinosaur. <laughs> no, I haven't. You know, seen and it. one of them, one of them, he's just playing the banjo and singing, and it's like, it's really nice, and it's kind <laughs> of beautiful, and you're like, this is someone just. He has this, you know, the the green dinosaur was a character in his head, and like I'm sure it's his music, and it's just like, this is incredible, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, maybe Dreams should be number one. Like I, it's so maybe it's Dreams the best game be, of all time. Maybe like it's so crazy. Uh, it's unbelievable. I I hope that it gets a huge marketing push, and I hope a lot of people dig into it because it it is, it is the most completely unique thing that is on the playstation and Mm -hmm. it's just it's kind of a stunning piece of software uh 
And yeah, I can't wait to see where it goes. You know, I hope this time next year they've added a ton of stuff to it. They've said they have a ton of ideas that they've had to just put on hold so that they can get the base game finished. Um, I think Dreams has probably has limitless potential, which is kind of amazing. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I would be surprised if it's not on my 2020 list. Yeah, the that was part of yeah, part of it was me worrying that I wouldn't be able to sneak it in next year and so but you know, I I put a lot of time I put a quite a lot of time building something took fucking forever. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's difficult. Man. Uh but I'm more of a dream surfer and uh yeah. man, that stuff is so good. And their discoverability stuff really has been just it's it's really good now. Uh, I was very, very impressed by it. So please, please, please play Dreams when it comes out, people. Please. Please. Make something weird. Like, that's also the beauty of it. It's There's an an anonymity to it as well, right? Like, part Mm -hmm. of creation is scary. When you make something and you put it out in the world, it can be sort of scary. But, like, there's something very... Maybe it's because it's early access. Dreams feels very wholesome as well. Um, yeah. Maybe it's because there's really good moderation. I'm sure there's people making big dicks in that game all the time. Uh, I haven't seen any though, and maybe no. they've got really good moderation. But it just it feels like a very wholesome and healthy game of people just creating because they they want to, and that's uh, that's a hell of a thing, I think. And more people should have access to it and feel comfortable making something weird just because yes. they they want to and they want to get it out of their head. So, oh, dreams is so. That's dreams for you. I'm I'm so Play. happy that okay. okay what sorry hmm? I'm just saying so I'm happy. very happy to see dreams on the list yeah now lay your number two on me okay well do you know what my number two is no <laughs> I, I I don't think you do know what my number two is my number two of 2019 is Devil May Cry five wow okay Devil May Cry five is the fucking coolest game I think I have ever played. And it's the first hack and slash game which I really, really connected with and I think has phenomenal combat across three different characters. I love the bombastic nature of the game. I love the visuals because I don't think I'd really uh, got used to the novelty of playing, you know, a really nice looking game, PS4 Pro, on my nice TV which I haven't done for a lot of games. Uh, so it just looked like one of the best things I've ever fucking seen. And the just like the bombastic bullshit in that game is just... It feels like this is like the Kojima game that isn't bad. <laughs> like this game is fucking off his rocker. And I just loved every second of this game. I didn't have any frustrations. And it was below control before. It was... Control was number two, just kind of by default. And then I was talking to you the other day, and I was like, the way I do it is I'm like, which game did I have more fun with? Sure. And I, was like, yeah. I was like, oh, shit. I had more fun with Devil May Cry 5 than I did with Control. And I like the combat more, and I think I like the bombastic worlds kind of equally. I definitely think I've, Remedy are definitely better at, like, cool, like, subtlety. You know, I feel like yeah. Devil May Cry is more low-hanging fruit, just to be like, well, we're crazy. <laughs> but I still connected with them both equally when it comes to style and bombasticness. Mm-hmm. But Devil May Cry 5, I just enjoyed playing more. 
And, you know, we've done a long review and it's a hack and slash game with wacky, amazing looking boss fights, cool enemies, and three really varied, but also, I think, really well adjusted and balanced and tight combat systems that I connected with. And I just had fun from start to finish with this game. And I don't think I have a single complaint. Maybe if I look back at the review, there were some things I had issues with. Maybe, I, but off the top of my head, I can't remember a single problem I had with this game. And it was the biggest surprise of the year. Because I just don't really give a shit about hack and slash games. Yeah. And, oh my god, did I love Devil May Cry 5. And yeah. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was going to be on your list. And I okay. knew you loved it. I just wasn't sure. Didn't okay, expect it I, to be above control. I, won't I thought you thought it was going to be Children of Morta. Well, it was. I that's what I was confused. I was like, is he going to go with that over DMC Five? Like he really fucking liked DMC Five. Children like, of Morta is number eleven. Take that, you stupid little game. Ha ha! It's, it's a great game. Yeah, we'll just, talk about it. We'll talk it just, about it. It really stood out because it was. Anyway, yeah, we're talking about <laughs> Devil May yeah, Cry Five. Uh, yeah, this is I can I just say, yeah, 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 yeah. I am surprised. I am still surprised by how much you like that game. Me too. Um, God, I love because it. Because I, I don't want to say. Uh, I don't want to say it. It's fine. I don't. Th I nothing about that game was particularly interesting or impressive to me, <sighs> except for the last ninety minutes, which are fucking amazing. Uh, they're so ridiculously stupid, uh, God, and I, I loved like the last ninety minutes. But yeah, but hey, whatever. I'm not even going to say anymore because we did a review of it and it's the number two game. I'm just, I am still surprised at how much you like this game. I uh, love Devil May Cry 5. And there's nothing wrong with that. Love uh, that it's, game. That's great. Game is I'm fucking happy for you. wild. And it just feels <laughs> amazing to just combo and destroy in that game. I'm, think, oh. I'm surprised they didn't do any like major DLC for that game. Yeah. That like there was nice. really... There was rumored that who's the Nero? They were, people were thinking he was gonna wait. No, uh, is that? Yeah, he's the blonde guy. Is that him? He's the last. Wait, who's the last guy? The Dante. one you don't play. No, no, not Dante. Who's the non-player oh, character at the Vir end? Virgil. Virgil. People were there was like a lot of rumors that there was gonna be a Virgil DLC and add him as a player character, but I guess not. That would have been cool. Yeah. But it's all. Oh, I also get a bit more sentimental when it's like, hey, I'm in on a new franchise. For like, sure. I, yeah didn't care about Devil May Cry, and now I'm going to be giddy when Devil May Cry 6 inevitably gets announced, and that's always yeah. a fun thing. Like, I'm on a new team. I'm in a new club community type thing. I'm on a new hype wave. And yeah, yeah. It's like the only thing on this list where I don't have any negatives to say about it. Uh, I had a blast all the way through, and that's weirdly rare nowadays, except yeah. for number one, of course. But anyway... Uh... It's a pretty you don't want to say game, you so. want to say anything more. It's your number two. I, I no, you know, the floor I mean, is yours. A, okay. It's a, it's a very. That's also a nice thing about it. It's just simple. It's a streamlined yes, hack and is. slash game. You're smashing up enemies. You're smashing up bosses. That's the whole thing. That's it. The uh, the motorcycle weapon is hilarious. Fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I love that thing. Uh, well, I mean, I have foot. I I knew it was going to be on your list because I have footage on my hard drive since like February. <laughs> that is gameplay footage that you captured for me because I knew I was like, can you just capture it for me while you're still in the game? I remember. When you're and I was like, I know it was like Monster Hunter. I'm like, I know you're going to be. I know it's going to be on your list. <laughs> so just get footage for me now. Uh, but number two, I you know I will say I'm a little surprised, maybe even a little disappointed or annoyed. That's fine. But also, hey, you had a great time with it, and that's all that matters. Yeah. 
if it was a different well, year, it probably wouldn't have been as high up. But you know, twenty nineteen. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, okay, well, my number two is Control. Oh, and I would say the same thing that you said about DMC five, except with Control. Even though I think there are actually, you know, there are a few parts of the game where I was like, ah. Uh, like when fights. you fall through the floor on that stupid boss or, you know, a couple of the boss fights and the combat overstays its welcome a touch. But holy smokes, was I ever super into control mm. uh, like right from the get go. And I mean, this was a game that I went into expecting to like because yeah. like that E3 trailer last year, I was like, that looks amazing. Uh, and I went into it being like, I like I like Remedy games. I expect I'm going to like this. Um, but I was not prepared for just how good every part of that game was going to be, or, you know, almost every part of that game was going to be, or as a whole, I think. It's it's almost, like, better than the sum of its parts, in a way. Hmm. Uh, and But just immediately, like, in the first five minutes of that game, I was like, this game is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and that more or less kept up all the way to the end. And I cannot wait for the DLC. We won't say why. Oh my god, this is going to be so good. But it did the thing that I've been wanting video games to have the balls to do for years. And it did it really well. Yeah. And it makes sense. And it was, I mean, there are, even if that, if that wasn't in the game, it still probably would have been my number two maybe. Oh yeah. But like, the stuff they do with their world really in the second half of that game really really elevates it uh and, and into like rare exciting like oh shit someone's doing something interesting with video games for once uh <laughs> yeah. or video game universes and uh i am desperate for those two big expansions i love the way it looks it, it's got so much style the sound design is amazing the oh, story yeah. stuff is really good the world is incredible the lore is incredible uh, I found the combat enjoyable from beginning to end, but I do agree it did. It could have used a little more depth, especially mm -hmm. in the back third. Uh, and there are some combat encounters that overstay their welcome, and some of the boss fights are a little annoying. There are like there are a few, enough problems that it stops it from being an easy number one. And yes. also number one is you know I mean uh, anyways. Um, but yeah, it was like it was nice to have a game that makes it hard for me to choose which one is my game of the year, if that makes sense. Yeah. Even though it's still actually a really easy choice, Control is just so fucking good. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I just loved it from start to finish. It was so exciting and uh, probably some of the best, maybe actually the best moments of the year, uh, maybe... Um, like one of the, the sequences at the end, I mean, come on. The, the hallway sequence is so good. Oh. Uh, I mean, the ashtray maze is just... The ashtray maze is so fucking believable There's so much good stuff throughout that game. The, it also got the biggest laugh for me out of the year with the last Dr. Darling video. Yes. Uh, which is, and that guy is just... He, he went for it. He's a pro. Yeah. He is an absolute pro. And then there were also, like... Other moments that I would say were also some of my favorite moments of the year that I'm not going to spoil because mm. they were, they would, I don't want to spoil it for people. You know, it was, it's the thing with yeah. the characters. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And man, Remedy. Oh God. Good for fuck. Good for Remedy, man. I'm so yeah. happy for them. It's like, 
It's been like a redemption year for a couple of studios. Well, not redemption, you know, but like a you know defining year for a couple of studios. Yeah, like the Max Payne, Max Payne games were monumental at the time, but they were a long time ago. And then Alan Wake was, you know, Alan Wake is a cool thing, yeah. but it's never hit. It didn't hit. It wasn't, and the combat was kind of a drag after a certain point. Maybe throughout the whole thing, actually. And then Quantum Break was just sort of a failed experiment from an era of Xbox that just, you know, it. it it was a, I think under better circumstances, Quantum Break could have been pretty incredible. Um, still like a good it. game. Still yeah. a good, yeah, we're, you know, we're staunch Quantum Break defenders. But Control is a statement of like, <laughs> fucking pay attention to us. We have still got it. And yeah. man, I can't wait for that DLC. Oh my God. <laughs> I, can't, I also can't wait to replay it when I get a Ray Trace supporting yeah. next gen card. Oof. Oh. Control, you beautiful, beautiful game. I love you. I want to kiss you. It's it's amazing. It's so good. It's amazing. so good. <sighs> well, <laughs> well, that's the list. <laughs> yeah. Number this one. Is, I believe this is our. I think this might be our fifth year in the row where the number one is lined up. Let me oh, just really it, quickly Jameson. check that. 2018 it did 2017 it did 2016 it did this is the wait 2016 17 18 9 so this is the fourth year this is the fourth year god damn it my number one is untitled goose game so a little thing just came out of nowhere Uh, I don't even remember how we found this thing oh there was like a trailer for it years ago right can you just call it properly, for God's sake? Number one of 2019, objectively, is Outer Wilds. Don't come at me. Outer Wilds is one of the best games of the entire generation. Yep. This game is a masterpiece. Yep. Oh my God. So I thought the first trailer of this game looked really cool. I remember seeing just the, the clips of the solar system and it was like, hey, We've just gone through the No Man's Sky shit and someone's handcrafting a little bit of space. And space games, yeah, have been a little bit sour recently. Yeah. They haven't been really getting that much good stuff. But I did not expect Outer Wilds to capture the stuff in video games that I think I prioritize the most. Uh, maybe not with even realizing it until I play something like Outer Wilds. Sometimes the best thing about video games is discovery and surprises and diving into the unknown. And The Outer Wilds has some of the greatest discovery moments in video games for me. Uh, Discovering that the game was good (laughs) was one of the best parts. (laughs) I can't remember what day it was when we dived into it, and I was like, this game seems pretty neat. Who who was the first to be like, holy shit, this thing is something special? Well, I sort of didn't... I I think I did, but I didn't say anything to you because I didn't want to... I was worried that you weren't going to like be as mind blown by it if i had said like right. this game is kind of mind blowing but then i remember like because i think i played it the night before and then you were streaming it and then i popped in on your stream and you were like this game is fucking nuts and i was like oh, thank <laughs> okay thank god okay it's not just it me it's is- not just me oh my god this game is amazing yeah so how deep do we want to go into it because we how actually did we talk about this We've never done like a proper, we've talked about it in the podcast a little bit. I did a review for it, but like we didn't, it didn't get like a really 
proper discussion, I don't think. Hmm. Interesting. I don't know where to start with Outer Worlds. It's, um... <sighs> well, the, it's hard. well, I think something it needs to be commended for is it is the best space game ever made. Uh, I think a problem that space games do is they use space as a transition to planets that are then the setting yes. of levels and, you know, open worlds. And that's still cool. Like, it's fun to use space as a way to do varied environments and traveling between different planets in Mass Effect and the Outer Worlds, etc. No Man's Sky, even. Um, you know, it's cool. It's cool to mm. use that. And everyone likes the And sometimes the they have a ring around the planet. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, wow. Or another planet's really close to the other one. And you're like, wow, look at that skybox. But and I feel right. like people... I feel like the people behind No Man's Sky kind of teased the seamlessness of their universe but in practice, it doesn't really work like that. I actually haven't played No Man's Sky in a while, so I don't want to talk about that game too much. Um, but I don't feel games have really nailed the feeling of fluidity in space travel and landing, taking off, going between planets without at least some visual trickery. Like yeah, no like Man's No Sky Man's Sky, you can the, see shit loading in. Or yeah, you have to fly through the, the clouds. hyperspace stuff to kind yeah. of disguise you actually traveling in space. Uh, whereas in Outer Wilds, you can just seamlessly take off, uh, actually walk around your ship, uh, I was going to say live, but you know what I mean, without there being any trickery, and then just sit down on a planet. And that novelty alone, I just don't feel like it's been commended enough. Yeah. I feel like that's been the small technical thing that people have been trying to do for years and years and years. And this, this little indie game came out and was like, you know what? It's easier if you just make a smaller solar system. Oh, who and <laughs> make every single part of that solar system a unique creative joy to discover with amazing colors and variants and adventures and puzzles to explore. And parts of Outer Wilds remind me a little bit of Horizon Zero Dawn, where Horizon Zero Dawn just excels at multiple layers of things. I mm -hmm. remember first beating Horizon, and I was like, they did two different sophisticated deep sci-fi storylines on top of each other, and <laughs> yeah. an amazing open world, and an amazing ambitious robot, robot combat system. It's like all these layers where it's like, you know, guys, you could have just taken two of these layers off, and it still would have been a 9 out of 10. You didn't have mm -hmm. to put all this stuff here. And Outer Wilds, I think, is one of those experiences. But not only is it an amazing space game, just from like a fun physics point of view, where if you're just a bit of a space nerd, you're going to be oh, like yeah. flinging yourself around a black hole and just having a giggle. But it also tells an amazingly deep story of your race and more importantly, another race that has come before you. And it treats you like a competent human being with a brain and it kind of dives into fun, deep sci-fi ideas. Uh, not only does it nail that stuff by telling a long uh, kind of complex and really interesting story about the Nomai, a uh, population of people that came before you, uh, it somehow manages to allow you to discover that story in any order you want, and it doesn't feel like broken up or... It doesn't feel like uh, Rage 2, where you can kind of do an inopportune order where it's like, ah, this isn't oh, really sure, working yeah. for me. And maybe me and you just, I don't know, got lucky. But I feel like the game is actually, it kind of like subtly pushes you towards certain planets and then says don't go to fucking uh what's the spike dark bramble thing? dark bramble <sighs> like it, this game seems like a logistical nightmare to make like an open yeah. world game where the story 
is spread out and you need every piece of that story to finish the game. The format of the game is amazing as well. Like if you know what you're doing, you can beat the game in 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's just like the format of the game, the sci-fi story, the physics. There's so many layers. It's like the horizon effect where it's like you did so many things well that we just don't deserve it. I just realized like a, a, a fun way to possibly describe Outer Wilds, which <laughs> is a roguelite where all you're gaining is knowledge. Yeah. Because yeah. you could, like a lot of roguelites, you could just go to the end and beat it on your first try if you were good mm -hmm. enough. But you need to get better at it and get all the skills. And the same is the case with Outer Wilds. If you start a brand new game, you can beat that game on your first try if you know what to yeah. do. And in, and in pure roguelikes, a rogue, not likes, no, yeah, likes, likes not likes. Huh? In, in pure roguelikes, when you do start from fresh every time, you are just gaining knowledge. Like when you're playing yeah. Binding of Isaac, you're you oh, sure, never yeah. level up. You're never you're just learning what items are and how to defeat bosses. Yeah. And you're right. That's how Outer Wilds plays, but with information. Sorry, go. Yeah. And I love a game that uh, it's very non-traditional to mm. have a game where the 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 reward is knowledge. You know, it was that was the case with the witness, where yeah. you're not getting pats on the back, you're not getting, you know, new abilities or anything. You're just getting deeper and deeper understanding of this logic, uh, logistical puzzle system. And in Outer Wilds, it's you're just getting more and more knowledge of, but it's like multiple layers of knowledge. There's knowledge of the solar system, how it functions, what the time loop is like, how to get to places more efficiently, unlocking, not unlocking, but discovering uh, shortcuts, efficiencies to these different places. And then there's also unlocking knowledge of your race and its history. And then there's unlocking the story of the Nomai and their history. And then the history of a, like all of the places and all the planets and how it all connects into each other. Oh, uh, and God. what the and then you're unlocking knowledge of what the fuck you're supposed to even do. Yeah. And it's even like gameplay mechanics which you have to learn how to use, like certain right. quant quantum elements in the game. Where like you're you given the to... camera 10 minutes into that game. Yeah. And you don't know how to use it. I didn't figure out how to use it until probably 15, 12, 15 hours in. Because I didn't go to uh, uh, Giants Deep until like quite a ways into that game. Mm, and that's, that's where you sort planet. of... Yeah. And that's where you sort of learn uh, with the camera. You, and, but the cool thing is also like with some of those gameplay systems like the camera, let's say, um, you could discover that on your own. Mm -hmm. if your brain made the connection uh it's it's like the the puzzle you know the environmental puzzles in the witness where you're like there are parts where they make it very obvious but you could discover that five minutes into that game if you yeah. just do an experiment and you're like oh shit i just understood how this how the weird physics logic universe system of this game works um and it's better when you do discover it on your own Oh, yeah. And the game obviously makes sure that you can't just be completely lost. But I think we all had different moments where we discovered different things independently. Like, I yeah. really struggled with the quantum moon. That took me the longest to discover. Oh, yeah. Uh, God, that's such a... Oh, my... There's so many good things in this game. I'll let you go back to it. But I, I just want to commend the, the camera tool is one of the most innovative <laughs> pieces so of game design the entire year. For a tool or utensil in a game, it's fucking incredible, the design of that thing and how it plays into the game and the environment and how many uses and... Oh, it's so... It's anyway, so sorry, good. You, you continue. Um, well, and I was going to say, like, regarding the space stuff, they also use 
something that a lot of space games don't take advantage of is the uh, is um uh space has a hmm. lot of shit going on like yeah. space isn't just planets you know uh it's weird gravity it's uh black holes you know it's uh the uh, comets and and heat and uh supernovas you know all these different things like space is complicated and most games don't do enough with all the fun astrophysics and and astrological phenomena that can happen in space and and um outer wilds takes advantage of those and yeah makes them exciting to discover and scary as well you know you see a black hole like when you fall into the black hole i was like oh f- i'm fucked and then you fall in and you're like oh no i'm not fucked <laughs> at all yeah there's uh i'm amazed as well at how like it never feels like you fail in that game because every time you fuck up you accidentally discover something new right yeah you know you you fall into the center of hollow brittle hollow and you're like, oh, well, shit. And then you realize, oh, nope, I've discovered a whole other area. And it just, it never felt like you were not making some sort of progress. It certainly, mm-hmm. the progress certainly slows down near the end. Uh, I and think it, that depends on people's playthroughs. Sure, yeah. But I do think, and I also did find there were one or two ports, points where I was just like, I don't, I need a, I need a little bit of a hint as to what mm-hmm. I'm doing here. Um, but it never, never got in the way and it never felt like a stumbling block or anything. And, uh, and then, yeah, there's just so much going on. Like, I love the fact, I love the way everything looks. I mean, it's a visually like, it's just stunning, but I just also, I love the, like, what's the, I don't know what the right word is. The sort of like homey feel to that game. Like, yeah, there's the like campfires and you can cook yeah, marshmallows. You can roast marshmallows over a campfire. And, and, but, and like your ship is this weird like scrapped together plywood thing, you know? And yeah, it looks like a camper van almost, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it's there's a great like wholesome quality to to the way it looks. And um, I never found the, the ship. The one thing I hear regularly as a complaint is that the ship is hard to control. And I, oh, I know why they're having that problem because it took me a long time to realize. So I was just being a dumbass and I was just holding forward, just like, I'm going forward. It's a vehicle. But you're supposed to set your trajectory, you know, your speed, and then stop holding forward. Otherwise, you're just going to go faster and faster and faster and faster. Yeah, it's space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, that might be what they're not figuring out because it took me a while to figure that out. I was like, oh, wait, I'm going 7,000 miles per hour. And I'm just <laughs> supposed to like set on a course and then just let go. Just let it do its thing and then slow down before. Yeah. Yeah, I never, like, it took me, like, 20 minutes to get used to the controls, and then I was like, this is fine. Like, it's easy to take off, it's easy Mm. to land, it's easy to just automate a lot of things and just auto-fly to to places. Um, Anyways, that's something, that's, like, the one thing I hear come up regularly is, like, but I just, I never felt that way. Um, I think some people found the, the reset mechanic annoying. Sure, yeah. Which I can kind of understand. For me... yeah it's just so quick to get off the first planet into your thing and just like shoot off that it just didn't yeah. bother me and if you're exploring thoroughly like you find shortcuts into basically everywhere you know yeah 
Um, the one spot that I found sort of a nuisance is like the sand area where you have to wait for the sand to fill up. Yeah. Uh, but they've right also... at the very end of the game as well, especially. Yeah, there's a few times where you have to basically sit around and wait, but they've also patched the game where you can now uh, meditate and pass a specific amount of time in the yeah, loop. Very nice. So that is no longer a problem. Uh, and that's another part of the game is that it, like, you can look up and think you can might even be able to download and play the alpha version of this game that was released in 2015. Yeah, I saw that. It's adorable. And the game is there. Like, and it feels like a game that they have been like The Witness where they, they spent like three years making it and then they spent four years polishing it mm-hmm. and honing it and refining yeah. it. There is so much that just is like, there's just so much attention paid to every part of it. And it it's kind of like a miraculous... It, it's amazing to me that they were able to tell a coherent story in this structure, right? Like you had yeah, mentioned. Yeah, there's so that, many plates that are spinning in that game that all work together. Yeah. The fact that you know... And it's not an easy... It's a complex story mm. that plays out completely non-linearly, depending, and it is very dependent on where you go. You're going to get things in completely different information uh, in a different order than everyone else. And yet, they're confident enough to just let you... They're confident enough in their, in, in their storytelling, and they're also confident enough in you to figure it all out. Yeah. And that's really refreshing, because it is... It's well-written... And nothing is ever, there's never like information overload um, or not too much. And they're confident that you're going to be able to put it together because, and you can. And that it's amazing that they're able to tell a coherent story where you can get the information in almost any order. Like you can get yeah, like some crazy. of the last pieces of information first, but you don't necessarily know what it is. And then you retroactively realize, oh, fuck, I get it now. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. Um, what else? <laughs> the, game, so um, the game has a really great physics system as well. Like, it's oh, yeah. not any trickery when it comes to gravity. The, uh, the first time where your shuttle gets basically taken off by another planet passing it, it's just such an amazing gaming moment when you land on a comet and you, you're, you're maybe exploring and then you're like, wait a minute, where the, where the hell's my shuttle gone? And you look and it's been dragged into the sun and you're like, oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I didn't know the gravity of the sun was going to pull me. There's like these great emergent moments that come from the physics in that game. Like, it's just a space so well. For a little indie company, like, I wouldn't want to take yeah. on the physical challenge of making these giant masses that actually have to affect other things. It seems like a technical nightmare. Like, the There's a physicality just... to that whole game that is yeah. really amazing. Like, it feels like every part of it you can touch. And I love that you can sit on Timber Hearth right where you spawn and like you can see you know the hourglass twins off in the distance and that mm-hmm. and i love that in in 20 seconds you can be there and yeah. it and like you said the, the seamlessness of it really adds to it it's the combo of like really great visual design with seamless smooth zero loads or anything it just makes it feel like everything is right there for you and you can just go and get to it and touch it and interact with it instantly yeah. Um man, it's so unbelievably good. Um it's so good. The the it has I think for me it has my favorite soundtrack of the year. That's um, fair. It's got an amazing soundtrack. The music has like a, a real resonance. It it really just 
sticks with me in a way. And I, I was like, which I was thinking about like, which music did I like the most this year? And, and, you know, do I, how good is control or how good is this game? And I, and then I listened to the, the, the main piece of music from Outer Wilds. We know where, yeah, with the whole, with the whole gang all playing their instrument. And like, it's like heart melting. It's like, it had a real that game. It reinforces how impactful the game was. When I hear that music again, I'm like, shit! This game was extraordinary. Oh, uh, God, it was so good. I also, before I forget, I want to say it has one of the best endings in video games for me. Yeah, I think so many games struggle with endings, and. For, you you really don't know where it's going in this in this no, that, game. I think that's another unique thing we haven't even touched on is Outer Wilds is a unique game where you don't know how to beat it. Like you're playing, <laughs> yeah. like I know there's an ending, I have no idea what it is, and I don't know how to get to it. And then when you yeah. finally piece that together, maybe we were wrong. Maybe there is like a detective game this year, and Outer Wilds is kind of that in disguise. And yeah, it kind you're of right. Feels like you're piecing together the mystery. And yeah. that surge of excitement on the way to the end, especially when they have the unique music surge. Oh, it's so just good. Incredible. It's so exciting. The whole like it's like a almost like a thirty or forty minute finale where you yeah. you start basically your final run. Yeah, and you grab the thing and that new piece of music starts and you're like hauling ass to Dark Bramble and the music is swelling. But then you enter the end game sequence as well, which I think is just uh, it's amazing. I, I like I said, I didn't know where the game was going with an ending. I didn't really, and I didn't. I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. I was like, what? Yeah. How are they going to wrap this up? And they wrap it up like it's. Uh, I'm sort of speechless because it's <laughs> it's this. You, you you like see things that are like, it's like. Oh man, it's like 2000. I hate I hate comparing things to to fucking 2001: A Space Odyssey. I sound like such a fucking pretentious asshole. It feels like the ambiguity of 2001, but executed in a way that is like a warm hug. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know how to because you you like you see things and there's that sequence where you like fall through and there's like these the like the like i don't know wormhole multiverse thing and it's like that verbally made me go like holy fuck when i saw that and then you start this long sort of like um retrospective sequence where you're you know you're seeing a lot of familiar things and then and then the way the, the fact that it just is the game is and is about an end the ending is about ending yeah is what i like it's like Everyone will die eventually. The universe will die eventually. The stars and everything will go out one day. And that's okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know that game. Not a lot of media does that where it's like the universe and life and the world are all scary. But also, it's pretty good. It is pretty you know? good. And the ending sequence just left me like. I was just like, I mean, my God, I was having a good time playing through Outer Worlds and Outer Wilds, and it was easily, you know, 
playing through it, I was like, wow, this is an easy number one. I mean, fucking, it's March or whatever, or, or May, I think it came out. I was <laughs> yeah. Like, mission, yeah, was like list, list over. Uh, but the ending sequence really just takes it from, like, this is, it just added to it, where it's just like, man, these guys made something that is, like, incomparable in quality uh, and is, is really yeah. just a stunning piece of video game design. Like it's, it's not just like an ama- a bunch of amazing moments. Like it is a good video game. It's like really intelligently made. Oh yeah. And, and like difficult stuff that is being mastered. And, and like you said, plates spinning and keep spinning oh, so and good. keep spinning and it never falls apart. Um, I was saying earlier that there wasn't any puzzle games this year, and I guess Outer Wilds is a puzzle game. Yeah, you're right, yeah. But the difference between like something like Outer Wilds and The Witness is it's you're so excited to solve each puzzle in The Outer Wilds. Not only are you, are you enjoying the process of solving the puzzle, because I love puzzle solving, but you know there's a tangible reward at the end, which is knowledge and information. And... That game is so hard to stop playing. Yeah. We also haven't really touched on, like, it does a very good job of including very, like, puzzle mechanics. Every planet has, like, a, a small little twist or novelty that makes everyone feel a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and every one of them is really good as well. There's, like, almost like a mini portal-esque sequence on Giant's Deep. That was great. Oh, I would play a whole game of those puzzles. Yeah. <laughs> they were really good. Yeah. Like, it's overwhelming how much stuff these guys handled so incredibly well. And it just came out out of nowhere. Yeah. It's just like, here's this little game. No one's talking about it. And it's the best thing I've played in years. Like, I didn't even know it was out until I heard uh, Austin Walker at Waypoint. Um, He was like, I think maybe I knew it was out, but I was like, I hear no one talking about it. And then I hear him say, like, this is one of the best games I've ever played in my life. And I was like, oh, fuck. And it is. (laughs) is. It's it's just... It it is really hard to put into words uh, just how special it is. I think, and it's on Game Pass on Xbox. I think every everyone, if you have an Xbox and you have Game Pass, like please play it. Oh uh, it God, just it came out on PS4 like a month ago. Um, you know, it'll probably be on Steam in the next. Give it a bit of time as well. Let it let it start to unravel itself a little bit. Yeah. Get off it, the it first is, planet as well. Yeah, yeah, and it is. I, I, yeah, jeez. It's a hell of a game. Oh, it's, it's incredible. It's the you, reason I play games, is to play stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It was, uh, it's a, I love a game that makes you wonder, makes your mind race about what it could possibly do next. And Control did that for me. Uh, and Outer, but Outer Wilds is like a game almost built around that in a lot of the way, in similar ways that The Witness is, in a way, you know? Hmm. Uh, where it's just like, I don't know what this game is going to lay on me next. And it's such a unique feeling that just not enough not enough games deliver that. And oh, man. it's probably because it's very hard to do so. I don't know. But uh, you're right. It is a, it is also a puzzle game, though. Like, The Witness is a a very literal puzzle game. Yes. But then The Outer, the Outer Worlds is a puzzle game in disguise. And, and it's like tricking you into thinking you're just exploring and adventuring but it is also a puzzle game for sure this game and... feels like someone figured out everything i like in video games and made this <laughs> yep. for me yeah. <laughs> yep that's what this feels like, like i really like space and puzzle and sci-fi and it's like here you go it's like oh my god okay thank you yeah. 
Thank you. Yes, thank you, Mobius, and all the people that worked on it for years. It's it's like it's really hard to fully encapsulate how fucking good Outer Wilds is. Yeah. Uh, please play it. Please play it. It saved the year. <laughs> I would say Control did for me. Uh, Control is really good. I love. If Outer Control. Wilds hadn't come out, it would have still been. I would have been like, well, Control's my number one, and I fucking love it. But Outer yeah. Wilds is extraordinary mm-hmm. uh, all right man that yeah is... now for my number one <laughs> ah! <laughs> i'm just kidding that is 2019 ups and downs but man whoa there was some good good stuff in this year yeah it, it, it yeah i mean that's the thing like there were a lot of lows there were a lot of forgettable things but i mean look at how long we've been talking yeah. And, you know, like my top five, I love all of my games on my top five. Me too. I love them. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to rattle off some honorable mentions? Do you have it? Yeah, sure. Uh, my number 11 would have been Children of Mortar. Uh, we talked about in the podcast recently. Uh, I'm surprised game, it's not on your list. The game just, it came at a perfect time. Uh, I think the combat in that game is amazing. I love the art style. Uh, I love the interwoven story with the roguelike gameplay. I think that's a really smart move when it comes to the genre and not making every run feel the same because a lot of games just, like I played Dead Cells and they all just kind of, I don't know, they can feel repetitive to me and uh, this Mm -hmm. game, it just knew when to end as well. Like a 19, 20 hours, it's over and -hmm. you don't have to keep playing. And I think games, sometimes in the roguelike, genre i feel like they are using the format to drag on how long the game seems on purpose to be like oh it's a 40 hour game or it could be a six hour game if we didn't make you play the same shit over and over again and you know you can say that about this game as well you can say about the whole genre but it just had variance and good pacing which i sometimes have problems with Uh, i love that game i love children of mortar um some quicker ones uh i really like luigi's mansion 3 it's just I just don't get that inspired by Nintendo products. Uh, sometimes there's some, you know, special ones. If they, if it was Mario Galaxy, it would be a different story. But when it's like a cute little, you know, Captain Toad, Luigi's Mansion 3, I don't yeah, want to yeah. say they're all the same, but they evoke the same feeling from me, which is like a warm blanket. Like sure. easygoing puzzles, fun, I don't know, whimsical journeys, great colours. It's good. I also got Link's Awakening on here. They're, they're both good, comfy little Nintendo things. I'm just maybe not as passionate about that type of game compared to mm-hmm. some other people. Doesn't mean I don't still find them really nice, uh, let's say, palette cleansers from some of the more gritty, dark, or just more serious games of the year. Uh, mm. I really need Nintendo stuff every now and then. I'm just not the biggest fan of them that, that makes it sound like i don't like it i'm just you know what nintendo fans are like yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. they're diehard i'm just not one of them i i still appreciate and enjoy them uh you know Link's awakening and luigi's mansion 3 are they were really good games uh two more i really liked remnant from the ashes oh yeah uh, yeah strange shooter dark souls like game uh it has a really rough and clumsy beginning which almost looks like a playstation 2 game and you start with just a melee weapon and the melee weapon is just like a finisher. It's like starting Bloodborne with just the gun. It's like, why have you started <laughs> me with just... It's such a weird way to do it. But when you yeah. actually get into the combat past the first area, because the first area is 
like there's like two enemy types and it looks like a generic burnt down city like kind of like darksiders when you push past the first area the game is a really good time and actually starts to look much better as you go further into the game which is kind of a weird way to organize your game like it the worst stuff at the beginning i don't know anyway yeah 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 uh, i also really liked a plague's tale which is oh yeah i forgot about that game it's kind of a walking simulator there is only minor aspects of gameplay with very minor puzzle solving minor stealth uh, it's kind of more show over substance but it looks really good and it tells a pretty interesting story uh, there's something unique feeling about a plague's tale which i can't really describe it like just makes it out the walking simulator genre by putting in putting in enough agency that you feel like you're involved in the game. Uh, the game looks amazing. Uh, it's in a really interesting setting. Like the no one does the the shitty time when the plague was fucking everything up. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. And they kind of um, what's the word? Um, it's Embrace. not a realistic interpretation of the plague. They oh yeah, I saw the dra- rat dramatize it. You know what I mean? They uh, accentuate the plague. It's like a real moment in history, just but turned up to eleven. Uh, and it's like absurd and kind of grimy and horrible, uh, but it's it's fun and interesting. And I like the journey. I didn't think I would enjoy being with a, a little child and escorting him, but it works. And it's a, it's a good little story. So there, yeah, those are my it. honorable I... mentions of 2019. Cool. I'll quickly rattle off mine. The one game that I thought about putting at number 10 that was actually from this year was Gears 5. Oh, okay, <laughs> The yeah. campaign only. Uh, I really liked Gears 5's campaign. I thought it was probably my favorite yeah. after Gears 3. That should um, probably be a mine as well, my mentions. It was good. It was, it was a very comfy, very enjoyable 12-hour linear experience. We don't get a lot of linear action games, you know, shooters mm-hmm. anymore. And I don't think the new stuff they tried was particularly good, but I didn't really dislike it like the open world stuff is just it's just sort of it's not i would like i would never say the open world parts of gears are good but like i didn't mind them they didn't get in my no, way no, me neither i didn't yeah i kind of liked them for the pacing um and you know i uh, chapter two and three actually the first three acts of that game are great the last act is kind of a yeah it just sort of is like oh the game's over whoops yeah weirdly <laughs> um, rushed yeah yeah but by and large, I it looks unbelievably good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played it on my TV. Just like the performance and visual quality is out of this world. And, you know, it's getting a little old, a little clunky feeling. But at the same time, every time I play Gears, I'm like, ah, Gears, you're good. I like you. You're fun. You're all right. Uh, yeah. Um, number 12 would have been uh, not from this year. Frostpunk. Oh. Came out last April and I played it this February. And uh, it's that uh, we talked about it on a podcast a while ago. It's a um, it's sort of a mini city builder, um, miserable post-apocalyptic world. It's like set. It's sort of like in the Snowpiercer world where it's just like an ice age has hit the world, but it's like steampunk era. Um, so it's sort of like turn of the century fictionalized steampunk blizzard apocalypse. And you have a giant uh, generator engine in the center of your city and you have to keep everyone warm and it's you're building in circles so it's a city builder in a in circles instead of on a grid which is cool and i it was like 17 hours there's like a 10 hour main campaign and then like three scenarios that are like 2 hours each mm-hmm. and it's it's really it's a really good little game it looks great it's got great style and sense of place and has some really fun sort of like moral conundrums where you're like uh shit's getting real cold we do not have enough coal 
to fuel the generator. So now I have the option to enact child labor and force the children to work in the coal mines. And you bet your ass they're working because we got to survive as a community. And it was really, it was a really good time. I'm not usually one for city builders, but this was like on a small manageable scale with, you know, you don't have to build pipes or much. You you just sort of have to build roads and put the buildings down. And uh, it's a very manageable one of those. And I, it was, it was, Bloodborne, Gears, or Frostpunk that were, one of those was going to be my number 10, and I just couldn't really, didn't really know which one it was going to be, uh, and I, I really liked Frostpunk a lot, they're going to be doing some DLCs in the, in the new year, yeah, uh, I which I will, go. I will play, I, I really, I quite liked it, I quite liked it, it's hard, I had to restart a few times after like two hours, because uh, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit intense, a bit, you can really fuck yourself badly if you don't know what you're doing, but it was uh it's one of those games where like this is cruel and miserable miserable in a way that i i am super into nice. uh i would also uh 13 would have been manifold garden again you know we yeah. talked about it uh the first 90 minutes i loved and then i just sort of fell off of it a bit unfortunately um mm. but that's okay it's really cool uh re2 oh uh you know <laughs> we talked mm. re2 re2 is good but it just didn't really have a have an impact on me but yeah. I do I did like it a lot. And then uh my number 15 um not a game I would ever I would never go on a defense for it or call it good, but I had a good time with Rage 2. And I don't like a lot I don't like open world games much anymore. Um but I yeah. I had a consistently enjoyable time running around and shooting stuff in that game and it was right after that zombie game from Sony that I'm not even going to say the name of because this is the best games list. Uh, and I just, I don't know, it just came at the right time and I had a good time with it. But like I said, I would never call it a good game or come to its defense particularly. But that was I the, the one had game a good time where I was like, it. it better not be that fucking game. <laughs> I had a good time with it. And game fuck sucks. you, haters. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, also, can I give a shout out for both of us to Minecraft? <laughs> yeah of course cause like <laughs> Minecraft's pretty good Minecraft is still so good also you know I don't want to be like a bit of a you know I, but I think we were a little ahead of the Minecraft resurgence you know we were like oh, I feel yeah, like we that were. game blew up in like the spring but we were playing it in January January it was the first we're game I played always ahead in. of the surge man exactly ahead. anyways you know, look, we've almost talked for three hours. This his, this might end up being the longest of these videos in the worst year of the generation. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about anymore. I don't either. But um, ahead of us, twenty. I will, yeah, twenty twenty. Oh God, please be good. If twenty twenty is a disappointment, I quit gaming. Me too, man. I'm with you. <laughs> Solemnly swear. <laughs> it looks. I, I, the thing is, the only reason I'm a little bit nervous because I feel like we always say this. We always yeah, say the next said game it looks last amazing. year. Yeah. And then it's like things come out and they're rubbish or things are delayed again for another whole year. And it's like, oh, well, I guess 2021 is going to be the year. I don't think so. so. I, I think don't... I think 2020 is the year. I feel confident, I but I get you. It is a I little so. scary. And then it this time incredible. next year, we'll be doing a very difficult top 10 games of 2020. Yes. But we'll also, I think we're also... It will be the start of a new generation, so that means we'll have oh to be doing God. the hardest list we'll ever make in history, which is the Holy top 10 shit. games of this generation. Maybe we make it the top 15 games because we're babies. Oh, I don't 
Don't know. We'll have to figure that out. We have a year to think on that. Top uh, 10 of the generation. That will be a conversation. Uh, we're shit. not going to do top 10 of the decade. I think. Nah. Of the gen. You know, it's an interesting conversation, but I think just this generation would dominate most of that list anyways. So yeah. there's no real point. You know, I mean, there were a few things like Portal and Mass Effect and, you know, Skyrim, I suppose. You know, there, there's certainly games before this generation that were this decade but generation lists are more interesting my and, brain doesn't uh, even work in decades it just works in gens pretty much yeah, <laughs> yeah and that will be a long video i mean our conversation about last gen was only like 40 minutes long i don't know we've really i don't know how we got through these videos in under 45 minutes before something must have been wrong with us i don't know Some, we were dumb uh, dumb like, kids i guess the game was good next Pretty much, I think. I think that's what mm. we were saying. Now we have to repeat ourselves for three hours, and yeah, but we also have it. the I top ten worst games coming up. Oh yeah, we're gonna record that next week. That'll be out in the new year after this video at some point. <laughs> That'll be a funny <laughs> list. People It'll probably be three hours video. long as well. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, no. it. I have a lot Maybe. of things to say about some of these games. I do too. There are some games that really sucked. <laughs> yeah, I've got some things to say. <sighs> Oh man. It's not gonna be short, I'll tell you that. This if if twenty twenty is disappointing, this will be the last video. <laughs> this is this is it. This is the end. No uh, no no, our last video will be the worst games of twenty nineteen. If twenty twenty is bad, yeah. then then we had a good run, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Alright. I think well, that's it for another year. So thank you. Thank you for listening, guys. We have like a a dedicated following of you chaps who really enjoy listening to these every year and we enjoy making them yeah and i think every single year there's people who are like i hope you're still doing them you better oh, believe it we're never gonna stop never gonna stop we'll stop when the games stop so yeah we'll see you Wait. soon for the top 10 worst games of 2019 <laughs> which i'm sure is going to be a pleasant listen or if you want to skip over that to avoid negativity we will have the best of the generation which will be sometime mid slash full 2020 all right guys thanks for listening see you next time